Here we are, uh, podcast for number three, first one for 2020, and the first podcast we are doing in this podcast setup. I will clap myself on that one. <laughs> epic setup. So, <laughs> epic setup. That's pretty yeah. cool. So, we are here with James Newbury, and he is currently the fifth best CrossFitter in the world. And that is an amazing feat in itself, right here from South Australia. Little old Adelaide produces some great talent. And not only do we produce good food and wine, we produce James Newbury. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So I wouldn't, so just in case you don't know James, and I guess he, he has a very big influence definitely in the fitness world. I seem to see your face everywhere these days, a pretty big following on Instagram. Uh, from a young age, you were extremely competitive, started as young as the age of five and you endeavoured in all sporting, and your first starting was little athletics, and then you had a love for rugby. So I'm assuming that you were from not South Australia. No, but the funny thing about that is I was born in the Blue Mountains, and I lived in Sydney until I was eight years old, moved to Adelaide, only played soccer while I was in Sydney. When I moved to Adelaide, about maybe three or four years after that is when I took up rugby league, which is kind of strange, but... I don't know, maybe it was a, a calling that I'd missed out on. Mum didn't want me getting hurt as a <laughs> so five-year-old. From a young age, you then found CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And I've got here from 2012, you tried your first effort at CrossFit Open mm -hmm. and finished 47th, which was a great effort for your first ever chance at that. With no expectations coming out of that, you ended up with a ninth place. Is that correct? Correct. And then obviously the hunger for a CrossFit. What happened back then? Was it actually, how old were you back then? I was at that time 21. So basically, I went along to the regionals, didn't expect much. Well, I didn't even expect it to make it to regionals. Um, scraped in, I think they took 60 that year, came in at 47th. And then the weekend was really good. It was actually the first weekend away I had with Kayla. We'd been seeing each other kind of for about three weeks. And I said, Oh, do you want to come to regionals with me? Great, she's like, great date. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like weekend at regionals. And then um, she's like, Yeah, it sounds good. And then. Uh, yeah, the weekend went really well. I had a blast um, and then, yeah, came away with the ninth and I was just like, oh, man, maybe I could, you know, we have to make top three, so maybe I could have a good push and make it to the games and that's when I kind of got hooked. So that was a good start. Then from that, you had your regionals that, that continued to carry on for you for 2013, 14, 15. Then the real big news was in 2016, 17 and 18 mm -hmm. where you went out to... Madison, yeah, well, Madison for the last one, mm -hmm. and you had results of a 26th, mm -hmm. 27th, yep, 17th, yep, and then a fifth, yeah, which was last year's result. That's an amazing effort, mm, thanks. And to be able to be sitting here talking to you, which I've been quoting as the fifth fittest man on earth, <laughs> yeah, it's a typical of an American event to claim that as the in the world, totally. you know, they do the World Series of Baseball, and it's only in a only in America yeah. and the uh, Super Bowl, but it's a fantastic effort. And the, for you to have that, obviously, there's some hunger in there, and obviously, we can get talking about that a bit later on. You have some phenomenal stats. But the thing I want to start off with is obviously we're in the food game. You know, I've just recently you've announced that you're going to try plant-based. Mm. How, how has that decision come about for you? So originally, I I'd actually been thinking about it for quite a long time when I was probably back in 2012. So when I was 21, um, I did a couple of months of plant-based um, and I did it because 
I wanted, I did want to increase performance. Um, I wanted to heal faster. I wanted to recover better. I wanted to be able to, you know, be more endurant. And from a lot of the stuff I was reading at the time, um, that was, you know, the way that a lot of the endurance athletes were going, especially with like triathlon and ultra running and things like that. And I was just like, oh, well, maybe this might be the way to go. And probably back then, I didn't spend enough time researching how to do it and do it well. Um, and then I also, you know, had a lot of people telling me that if I did do it, I'd get, you know, super weak. I wouldn't gain any muscle. I wouldn't get stronger. And at that point in time, I needed to get stronger. Um, endurance was okay. Everything else, everything was for me has always been kind of like okay at everything. It's never been like super excelling at any one thing. Um, and so I was like, you know, worried about, you know, getting smaller and weaker. So I never really stuck to it. Um, and then, you know, over the course of the years, I have, you know, come to realize I love researching stuff. Um, by no means am I, you know, a nutritionist or, you know, uh, uh, an expert in anything. Uh, all the things that I've done is just, you know, me having a crack at them and then seeing how I feel. So at all, and plus on top of that, I'd always been really, you know, it, uh, the way that I thought about it was I don't think I could go out and I don't think I could kill an animal myself. And I just couldn't do it. I just like, I, I think about my dogs too much. I think about my dogs. I think about my friend's dogs. I think about the cats. I think about all that type of stuff. And I was like, I can't do it myself. And if I can be, you know, if I can be competitive and I can compete well and I can do it off it, then I would prefer to do that. And that was, that's my main thing. So mainly it's for, you know, just, you know, personal feelings towards, you know, that impact I, I would have. Um, so, you know, then taking the time to learn about how I can fuel my body well on a plant-based diet, that was just like, if I can do it without it, then I'll do it without it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I've made a, a, I'm gonna, I've set it at 2020, I'm gonna have a one vegan meal a oh, day. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, great. And that's hard. Yeah, I, I think, like, yeah. I have, I have egg, eggs, it's like, oh, that doesn't count. No. So then I had like... Um, and Fed Joe. Uh, yeah, that's right. And then I had some ham in the salmon. It's like, Jesus. So, yeah, it's, so it, it's, it's harder than you think. Yeah, I, I think the, the hardest thing about it is retraining yourself to your go-tos. Like when I was you know, eating um, an omnivore diet, I knew that I was getting my protein from either my breast of chicken, my piece of steak, my eggs or my fish. And then I knew I was getting all my micronutrients or a lot of my micronutrients from my leafy greens and my colorful, my colorful plant food. And then I was getting my carbohydrates from either the, you know, my rice, or my sweet potato or things along those lines. Um, and so now I look at it and it's just like, okay, where am I going to get my protein from? What are my go-tos? What are my sort of my daily easy things that I can prepare to give me my protein, to give me a, a complete amino acid profile. What are my things that I can get my um, carbohydrates from and where can I get my fats and my micronutrients and where can I pull all these different things from? And it's just basically retraining yourself. Like if you've been living a particular way for 30 years, it's like flipping it on its head. So you're basically just trying to get someone, thank you so much. You're basically trying to get someone to relearn 30 years of habit um, and it just takes time. And if you're prepared to put in the time to do it, eventually it just becomes like second nature, like, you know, making your steak, veg and carbohydrate yeah, meals. Yeah, it's just it's just learning what the new f foods are where you're going to gain good protein. So when you're actually doing that, uh, I mean, I'm bad at going to bad food. 
And it's funny how you say you don't want to harm animals and stuff like that. I mm. think to be at the elite level that you are, there's a level of something in the brain's not normal. I agree. And you must have to go to some deep, dark places, which I only get to those after a bottle of vodka on a Saturday night or something like that. But oh, I saw you pushing pretty hard this morning. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had the pleasure of having James as the coach this morning. And, I mean, that goes into another level of, like, yeah, you've got the gym, uh, Soul 3650, and to actually have you coaching people, like, in a classroom, class environment, uh, that's, to me what we call management by walking around. And to see you actually do that, it's a really good trait in your own business. So I do commend you to that because you, you could be one of these guys that just sits back and goes, I've done all right. But you seem to be always pushing forward. And when mm. you're talking about your food and what, what, you're, what you want to change, the interesting part that I notice is that you spend 250 bucks a week mm. by trying to eat clean, mm. not trying, but eating mm. clean. That's a lot of money to put towards your body. Obviously, it pays off. Mm. And obviously, your body's your number one asset. Yeah. So with that thought pattern, is it the whole house? So is Kayla also doing the same thing as you? Because yeah. it's, it doesn't seem like you can one can do it and one can't. Yeah, I, I think in a relationship, um, it does definitely cross over. And so when I said, that's it, I'm doing it, she was just like, yeah, I'd be keen too. Okay. So we kind of, uh, Kayla probably started maybe a couple of weeks after I did properly. Um, she's always been one to, like if we do something different, she's always one to finish off, you know, whatever's left in the house. It's not like a, just a throw out. It's just like, <laughs> she hates wa- She hates being wasteful. So um, if we prepare food and we don't eat it all, she'll pack it up and make sure we eat it, you know, the next day or the next day or the next day. Yeah. So. We fi- she finished off the rest of the food. I just said, no, nah, I'm doing it now. And I stopped. Um, but she finished it off. Um, and she's been doing it too. And, you know, she said she's feeling great as well. And it's just a point for us that we get to do it together. We get to talk about it. We get to talk about how we feel about it. And then, you know, also we get to prepare these new meals. And we're kind of learning as we go, pre- preparing these foods and trying to get the most out of our nutrition yeah. together. So do you are you one of these people that rock up uh, announcing that, I'm a vegan. No, <laughs> no, 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 a hundred percent not. I don't, I don't like, I put off, I put off uh, talking about it that much for a good couple of months. Like I wanted to, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to decide that I wanted to do this and then come out the very next day and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I wanted to do it and I wanted to do it properly. And then I wanted to slowly slide in um, across time, letting people know what I was doing. Um, and no, I don't like to announce it. And I usually just say plant-based Um the connotations that surround it, it's like I'm not ever going to push it on anybody else, but I'm happy to, exp- uh, I'm happy to let people know what I'm doing and trying to educate them as much as possible on what I'm doing and what I've found and my own personal experience. And if that can have an impact that, you know, is good for someone else, then great, yeah. fantastic. So there are things that are move- making forwards the movement, and obviously Netflix had greatest athlete in the world greatest athlete in the world I think it was uh, Fittest on Earth Fittest on Earth from the CrossFit Games yeah yep um, at, oh no no the one where the one where they start to, they start going through the different athletes in multi-sports uh, oh um, uh, it'll come to me someone will send it to me but it's uh, Game Changers Game Changers oh the oh, the plant-based Game plant-based Changers plant-based Game yeah, Changers yeah, yeah. and I as a bit of an outsider looking in obviously in the supermarket game we're yes. very trying to be on a edge of 
we like to be on the leading edge, not the bleeding edge. So some, a lot of this product takes a bit of movement. And you do get big... That must help. Like watching that, I think I was a little bit biased just for the record. Of course, yes. 100%. But when you actually watch that, it's it makes... I, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I From a novice looking in, I, I had no idea that plant-based could actually produce that res- the result. And the athletes mm-hmm. they were using, obviously, they're superhuman, li- literally yeah. superhuman. And... I looked at that thinking, okay, maybe this is something because of that. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, we sell lots of meat, lots of mm-hmm. like, you know, we sell lots of lots of products as you could imagine. So that really opened my eyes mm-hmm. to sort of, hey, maybe, maybe mm. I'll just try and do a vego mm. more often. And in fact, yeah. we do, we are doing more vego now. Yeah. So do you see that as a other than being biased? Is mm. that something you think will be, you know, the everyone's going to be into? Yeah. Well, I think. Look, I think you can be healthy on and on like a, um, like an omnivorous diet I think you can be healthy there I think you can be healthy on a plant-based diet too um, I think getting more plants into your diet for most people is going to be fantastic I just think trying to beef up the amount of leafy greens the amount of colorful food that you eat is always going to be a benefit um, to pretty much 99% of the people walking around on the street. So I think that in itself, if you're looking at maybe taking a meal out that was going to contain, you know, a bit of everything and making it, you know, vegetarian or vegan um, and having predominant, you know, those things in there and making it as colorful as possible, like eat the rainbow as much as you can, um, that is going to be only good for you because all you're going to be doing is picking up extra vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients and supplying your body with what it needs to help it recover, help fight disease, help fight inflammation, um, you know, and also healing the gut. And, and as soon as we start to do that and repair th- those areas of the body, your mind starts to work better. You start to think clearer. You start to get better sleep. Your recovery is faster. You start to perform better in the gym. You start to think better at work. And if we can promote eating more plant food, um, even if you don't want to take the step from you know eating meat to just not eating it at all, just maybe decreasing the amount that you eat and then increasing your plant food could always be a good thing. You know, that's the way I see it. So, is this the right strategy? So I've thought of I'm going to start to eat more vegetarian, mm-hmm. and and I don't know why because I love meat. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but coming up to leading up from Christmas, we're up the river, you know, having a great time. And I made a point of filling up. So I'd eat what I had to eat and then I would be going back and filling up on the veggies. Yep. Which normally I would fill up on the on the meat. On the meat, yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that can you overfill on vegetables or or not? Or you just consume it because you think it's better to consume than meat or should you only eat a like they used to say a fist size yeah yeah well i would say if you're going to fill yourself up that's what to do it on fill yourself up on the plant food for sure you don't want to overdo it and get the meat sweats that's for sure um so (laughs) i would and which everyone must have got yeah 100 (laughs) percent. so i i would say yes you, you like you get to a point where you know if you uh, if you get to a point where you're extremely full and you're persisting on forcing food down your throat, yeah, that gets to a point where it's like, okay, you need to pull back, even if it is plant food. But if you do want to fill up and you have had, you know, say the portion that you um, would recommend for yourself and you do want to get full on something else, 100% get full on, you know, that 
salad and you can add other things to it to make yourself feel fuller whether it's nuts and seeds and other bits and pieces to get some you know good fats into your system avocado um, and you can you can really beef up and, and fill up your, your belly and make yourself feel satiated and satisfied um, from those types of things because my biggest thing is snacks right mm. so I, I don't I'm, I start the day perfect like breakfast I think good mm-hmm. and lunch yeah pretty good and then I get to that three, four o'clock and it's got to be a mental thing that I just start craving chips or, you know, stuff that's bad for you. Like it's, it does my fucking head in. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just, I'm not focusing on it enough. Yeah. I, 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 but I can't be the only one that has that issue no, where no. I think I'm making better choices now, but oh damn it's it's hard it's really mentally hard yeah no and i understand like when i say people are oh, you james yeah he's like my size but he's a fucking unit mm-hmm. and like like oh okay like but you know you are because of what you obviously are what you eat is that do yeah. you believe in that saying 100 percent. yeah totally everything that makes up your cells and everything that makes up every part of you is what you put in your body and what you absorb through your skin so um, if you're filling yourself up on processed food constantly, you're exposing yourself to tons of chemicals and environmental toxins all the time, your cells don't b- become you know, really susceptible to chronic disease. Um, they become really susceptible to not functioning properly. You start to get you know, obviously symptoms of a million and one different things. So if we can fill ourselves up and supply ourselves with the proper nutrients that we need to, you know, create connective tissue, rebuild muscle, do all the things that we need to do and supply ourselves with that, then we're going to be building on that. And it, I think it usually takes a little bit of time for us to do that. But yes, if you're filling yourself up with shit, you will end up functioning like yeah, shit. Yeah, and I 100% agree. And then some of these things that are saying if you go for a plant-based diet, mm-hmm. It helps with migraines, headaches, skin issues, certain cancers, digestive problems, allergies, stroke, dementia, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, obesity. Mm-hmm. They're just to name a few of some of the benefits of going with a plant-based diet. And it is something that's gaining a lot of attra- mm-hmm. lot of attention. Mm-hmm. We're in the supermarket world. We're actually seeing it in what we're selling. Yep. So people are making a conscious effort. Our stores do have, I believe, quite big organic or ver- organic vego. Yeah. We haven't labelled vegan on its own, but yeah. we do have lots of products throughout the store that are vegan as well. Yeah. So we're starting to see it. There's definitely a trend all from all overseas. So mm. it is something that we're trying to push. And uh, it's interesting. I've got to ask you, do you think cavemen mm-hmm. back in the day, do you think they ate vegetables? I think that they would have had a wide variety of things available that were, you know, they if depends how far back you go. But if they weren't, you know, cropping and yep. doing those things, they'll be finding, you know, things like wild berries and fruits on trees. And, yep. you know, I guess it would be very seasonally depending on what they're going for. If they went through drought and there was, you know, not a lot of plant life around, then they, you know, would obviously go for the meat. But I, I guess I'm not an expert on that area, um, but I would say <laughs> they're eating a lot of fruits and things that they could find growing around them and they would probably get their hands on whatever they possibly could. So fruits or veggies... Do you, do you think there's a better one to eat? You know, the people talk about the sugar or the fructose in, in fruit. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, it's obviously not as bad as refined sugar, sure. but do you, what, is there, now obviously you're going to say there's a balance. Yeah, totally. And I, I would say, yeah, there's probably not a correct answer for that, but there is definitely a balance. Um, I, I love both. Um, I fill up a lot of my 
I'll mix and match any types of food. You know, I won't steer clear of, you know, cooking up some tofu or tempeh and then putting avocado, sweet potato, blueberries, raspberries, banana, all in one meal. I won't steer clear of that. I'll, I'll mix it all together. But that doesn't affect me. Um, you know, the way it might affect someone else. Someone might say, oh, that gives me a crook stomach or yeah. that doesn't really work so well. But for me, I can pretty much mix and match everything together and I feel great. So, yeah, I, it's, I like mix and matching. So maybe I, maybe there's some life for me here. Yeah. Some of the stats coming out is that if you go plant-based, there's a 30%, 37% chance less of cancer. Yeah, well, look, I think the best thing about it is, and usually what people tend to do when they start to go into this direction of eating more plant-based food is that they start to take away things that haven't been agreeing with them quite a long time and they start to actually feel the effects of it. It's like people, a lot of people probably don't know how good they possibly could feel because feeling like crap every day, if you do it for 10 years, it just becomes the norm. So the instant that you remove something that you don't know any different is, you know, you might end up for someone, they might have a reaction, say, to, to maybe dairy and they've got these skin issues and they've had them the whole life, but they've never pinpointed that it could be dairy causing them or something, a reaction that they're getting. Um, and they pull it away and they start to feel amazing. So then they, that's, you know, one step in the right direction. Or they start to eat more foods that are anti-inflammatory that aren't causing them to, you know, um, maybe have, a, have an outbreak of, you know, eczema or whatever it may be. Um, but I think at the end of the day, foods that are full of nutrients is what you're after. Foods that are full of life and foods that are full of what we're made to eat, whole foods, um, instead of things that are, you know, really heavily, you know, either contaminated or sprayed or things that we shouldn't be putting inside our body. The chemical, the chemical aspect of it is, is big, but also eating things that are processed and processed so much that we're not really gaining that much nutrient out of them we want to be able to supplying our body with you know the macronutrients but we also want to provide ourselves with as many micronutrients and minerals as we possibly can um, to complete the picture for building quality cells and optimizing performance so the meats that are coming out now that are like mock meats yes like they're not i don't know if they're fully plant-based but some of them, when you have a look, there's a fair few numbers in them. Yes. What, what do you, what's your uh, impression of, uh, let, let's just call it mock meat? Yeah, sure. So the things that, if you look on the back of the package and you see a bunch of colors and numbers yep. that are part of the food, I would say they're part of your treat section that you don't have all the time. That's not a daily thing. Your daily, your daily uptake, and you can use the 80-20 rule if that's how you would like to go about it. Um, and I think it's a good place to start. You know, you want to eat say 80% whole foods that are just its raw form of food. And then if you want to, you know, enjoy a bit of time and have something a little bit sweet and socialize and you want to have some things that do have that in there, yeah, do it for sure. But just don't do it every day. Um, so with the mock meats, for instance, if you've got a whole bunch of things that are, you know, holding it together and, um, and yeah, the numbers and colors, um, that's something that you would maybe make on a weekend for a meal in the week that yeah. you can say, I'm going to make a burger and I'm going to put a, a, a patty on it that's got, um, you know, some extra things in there. It makes it taste really nice, but it's not something that I want to be building my cells out of on a day-in, day-out basis. Yeah. My biggest problem is eating sauce. Yeah. I, I I'm addicted to condiments, so I've, I've got to work on that. There's no doubt about that. Well, I think the best thing about <laughs> all of those things in particular and what this has actually really shown me and, and Kayla as well is all the things that we really love, we can 
we can derive and we can derive all those things that we really love and the taste we can make them from scratch at home if we would just take the time to learn how to do it, it doesn't take very long at all like i can i guarantee and i'll make this for you as well i'll make you this beautiful avocado mousse yep it'll taste exactly like chocolate. yogo or chocolate mousse <laughs> it'll taste amazing and i guarantee you won't even know that there's any avocado in there but it'll be full of micronutrients good carbohydrates um good fats good protein and you won't even be able to tell. I've seen it on menus before, but I've loved. I'm not eating that. Yeah, exactly. You think oh, it's going to taste like? That. Yeah, you'll think it tastes <laughs> like crap. But it honestly, you can you can really do it. And a lot of the things that we really enjoy, you know, were originally derived that way, and then we've just slightly modified to make them cheaper or make them easier to create in mass numbers for the population. And if you really just take the time to educate yourself on how to do it, you can do it at home very very fast in a processor or whatever it may be. Um, and you can still have the sauces and stuff, but you can just, you know, pulverize it at home and, and mix and match. And there's plenty of recipes online where you can just follow along and have it done in two or three minutes. There's, there's, and the good thing about YouTube these days is that you can jump online, yeah. say, give me a, you know, plant-based or vegan recipe for yeah. this, and you can, yeah. done. And that's what's so good about it. When, uh, so there's a stat here, which is pretty staggering, is that a kilo, one kilo of um, animal, or protein. So mm. one kilowatt animal protein is about 24 times as much land, 26 times as much fossil fuel, mm. and 30 times as much water. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, the stat's huge. And, and then we looked up a vegetarian. There's a vegetarians around the world, okay, about 12% of the population. Bear in mind, a lot of these people probably can't afford to have meat protein. Sure. So that's why it skews that number, especially for obviously in Australia, we don't quite have that problem. Yes. They're staggering numbers moving forward and, and what we're seeing as a trend with the millennials moving forward is that, you know, people can give a lot of shit to millennials, but mm. the reality is they're just researching their food yeah. because they have this. Yes. The, you, you've got the phone in your hand. So if you just want to find something out, it's as easy as that. 100%. So I see that as what's changing the way and us as supermarket retailers, you know, we, we promote unhealthier food double the amount that we do healthy. and. Mm. That's only be because that's what the consumers have wanted. Yes. You can already see the big companies, you know, the, with the cereals that are coming through, they're already making changes with how much sugar is going into cereal for your kids. I mean, mm. you know, the five-star ratings getting a review because I, I think Milo had a four-and-a-half-star rating. Yeah. Like, I love Milo, don't get me wrong, I'm an Aussie kid, but yeah. it, it just goes to show how the system wasn't right. Oh, so yeah, totally. They're, they're very aware of it. The big companies, the mm. Kellogg's and Sanitarium, they're, they're definitely working on moving forward. So I think the education piece, 100%, we're in the land of education right totally. now, totally. and it appears to be moving forward. Yeah, I think the, um, the environmental part of it would be second on my list as to reason why I'm doing it. First is obviously animal welfare and... and and the situation that they're in, but also number two, um, before I even get into health, is environmental impact. Yeah. Um, and then number three, then it comes into long-term health and longevity. Okay, so you're obviously pretty fit. Some days. Um, you know, one other, so what, what's your interpretation of what fitness is? Yep. So for me, I think everybody everybody wants to work optimally so in some way shape or form it's just that what i do is i'm just everything that i do i just it's the degree that changes um if someone wants to be really good at their job or just live a healthy life i would be doing the same things as those people but then just intensifying it and doing more of it 
just to make myself more optimal in what I want to do and train and sport and compete. Um, so my interpretation of fitness is, I guess, if you wanted to look at it in terms of competing for me, there's probably a, a couple of different variations. But, you know, I want to be as good as I possibly can at as many different things as I possibly can. Um, only and- in that, only in that that area yeah so I do you think you'll be really good at lifting up people upstairs in a fire or do you think if if there was a a rescue you'd be good at swimming out together 100% do you think you'd be good at running to like through the forest to go and grab them yes and pick them up yes and yeah that's that's (laughs) is that why you're doing CrossFit well (laughs) you know that's the reason it originally started was because they wanted to train people to be more optimal at their work and usually it was for the first responders so being able to give any situation and be good at whatever could come up. And that situation is unknown. So being good at the unknown and unknowable. So rocking up to a situation and being able to physically handle it better than most. So is that why CrossFit do, you know, it, they do do a lot of the armed forces. Yes. They do talk about fireys. They, yep. they definitely talk about these services yep. that... Yep. Is that a reason? Yeah, it's, yep. not, it's basically not having... A chink in the armor for any given situation so if we had to you know for instance go in as you said go into a burning building and pick up someone and carry them out you obviously want to be moderately strong to be able to handle them you want to have moderate fitness to be able to carry them down the stairs you want to have you know a bit of spatial awareness balance and coordination to be able to get them out of there and so all these skills that we're working on all amount to fitness and being able to achieve that task the best way possible. you Basically, you don't want to go out into a situation and then be let down by one of your chinks in your fitness armor, which is the 10 modalities of fitness that we have defined. So basically... Aha, what are they? Uh, well, uh, in, uh, endurance. Uh, uh, yeah, I can do it, can do it <laughs> no, for No, I'm it. sure you can. We'll probably talk about them. <laughs> God, I've, I've never heard that terminology. So, so the 10 modalities, basically what we try and do when we train is we want to be training those 10 modalities and those 10 modalities i'll just rattle off a couple endurance speed power coordination agility accuracy stamina all those types of things so that's pretty much crossfit yes exactly and that's that's the basis of it um and if you can train all those areas and have them all equal and no one particular modality of fitness gets preference over another then you are very well-rounded so, so is this the modern pentathlon? In a nutshell, it's just basically training. Pentathlon, is that 10? 10 of it? Decathlon. Decathlon. So yeah, the decathlon, um, they have 10 different events. But then what we're looking for with those, those different modalities of fitness, we want to be able to, you know, basically bringing that skewed line. So if you've got a marathoner over here, who is 60 kilos and who can run a marathon in an hour, 59 minutes and 52 seconds. Yeah, that's just only recently. Recently, something like that. Yeah. Uh, 50, yeah. Maybe he was a little bit under Breaking that. Breaking the two-hour barriers yeah. only recently happened. And yeah. then you've got someone over this end of the spectrum who can deadlift 400 and I think the re- most recent one, or 502 kilos or something like that. Um, Holy hell, that's double what you can lift. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. So then, but then my aim of the game is to be able to run that marathon moderately well um, and also deadlift that moderately well and meet in the middle. So then if I'm given any particular task and I usually don't, when I rock up to competition, I don't know what I'm doing. 
But their aim of the game, when they're programming the games or programming a competition I'm competing in, they're programming to test me evenly across all these 10 modalities. So I'm showing my capacity in endurance. I'm showing my capacity in stamina. I'm showing my capacity in strength and speed and coordination and accuracy and showing my ability to perform tasks and tasks well, not being able to, for instance, if you were to give Kipchoge a marathon, he would crush any CrossFitter by far. But if you asked him to deadlift, probably wouldn't do a great, like a huge deadlift. But then if you asked um, uh, the mountain to pull a heavy deadlift, he would crush it. But if you asked him to run a marathon, see you later. So it's, I don't want to be put with him if I'm out on a task that we don't even know what's happening. If we're on an unknown, we're out on an unknown destination with an unknown task, I would prefer to go out there with you than either one of those two because I know that you can complete majority of tasks better than either one of those two, if that makes sense. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. That's the same. That's the same. Did you hear that? That's the idea of the game. And then so you take that and you take it away from everyday situations and then you put it into a sport. And then the aim of the game there is to be and is to take this to the next level and hone it and hone it and hone it. So then that gap in between that sector of running the two hour marathon and deadlifting 500 kilos, we slowly taper out from these people that are moderately good running four hour marathons and deadlifting 200 kilos. They start to run 315 marathons and start to deadlift 270 kilos. And then they start to run sub three hour marathons and deadlift over 300 kilos. That's the aim of the game and finding that basically ultimate performance athlete. Which is all levels. So the ultimate, which is exactly how you explained it. Which is the happy medium for everything. Yeah, and then that happy medium just becomes more intensified and intensified and intensified. And that's, that's the hard part about it, finding the balance between all those things. So if we're training so many different types of modalities, we obviously have to do a lot of volume of training. And that's where the, the base of the pyramid comes in, which is nutrition and then recovery and sleep and all those types of things down here. And that's what allows us to perform all these different tasks. So starting, so CrossFit, I, the game change, whatever. Game changes, yeah. Game, I, I watched that and went, fuck, these guys are freaks. And I thought, oh, I can do some of that. That's actually what made me start to go to CrossFit. Oh, yeah. So oh, you watch Fittest on Earth. Fittest on Earth. Yeah. Sorry. At Fittest on Earth. And I was like, holy hell. Oh, that looks like, because I like not being bored. I like something different. Every time I train, totally. if, if I actually came to do the same thing, I would be, I wouldn't rock up. If I actually I looked on the phone, what the workout was, and it was I the would, same thing every day. Well, yeah, it, I wouldn't rock you know, up. Either. If I looked at it, it was too hard. I wouldn't rock oh, up. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just rock up. So Good. I'm there. So it's it's my alarm clock is to go there. That right? was the original point of it is to rock up and not know what you're doing. Yeah. But well, now, now the guys now are on their phones. They want to know. <laughs> yeah, and if it's a long run, none of them are rocking. Exactly. Up I, I think um, CrossFitters tend to like lifting a bit more weight. Correct. Um, and I like more of the running and stuff, but yeah. it, it's made me, I think it's made me a lot stronger yeah. just by doing CrossFit. And you talk about CrossFit because they've done an amazing job with the, with the machine that they have done mm-hmm. to get them to where they're at now. Where do you think the future for CrossFit is? Um, that's a really tough one. Like for me, I love lots of mixed modality stuff if i had to do the same thing every day i'd be bored out of my brain i wouldn't do it it's not just me no i wouldn't do it but i think each gym 
that you go to tends to reflect the owner a lot. Like I love the fitnessy side of things. I love lifting weights too, don't get me wrong. But if it's slightly biased towards weightlifting, I'm not a huge fan. I would prefer to get out and go for an outdoor run or a swim or a bike and do some gymnastics rather than go lift heavy weights every day. I would like to lift weights, you know, four to five times a week, but I'd prefer to, and that's what I have to do anyway, and sometimes more, but but then I would prefer to spend more of my time working on other things. Whereas I think in the past, um, the the breaking point for either making it to the games or not making it to the games was based on strength. And that was never my forte so much. Um, these days, I think it's more well-rounded in terms of putting in more endurancey, cardio, aerobic-based stuff to make it more balanced. Um, but then I also, but as I said, I think each gym tends to bias their you, their owner. But- whereas you go to a particular gym and the dude who owns it's super mega strong, so everything's biased towards strength. But then you go to a, a gym that's you know owned by someone who's a you know ex-endurance athlete, and everything's based around endurancey type stuff. So going to CrossFit, you, your original, well, I think your original gym was CrossFit Mode. Correct. And you had a couple outlets. Yep. Uh, I think you might have sold one or mm-hmm. franchised it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now your new, your new gym, yep. uh, Soul365. Soul. Yep. Um, I've noticed there's a shitload more people. Yeah. And you've rebranded, mm-hmm. like you've moved locations because yep. you're getting in trouble with noise. Yeah. And pe- they did the neighbors didn't like weights dropping at yeah at 6 a.m and yeah. actually, actually went into their house and we did drop a couple of weights and it almost shook their telly off the wall <laughs> i was just like oh, okay we better stop <laughs> so i understand where they're coming from so you know the move for you you know you've always been able to it looks like you've been able to see some trends and then move with them mm-hmm. changing the name simply you know crossfit does have a bit of when you say it to people mm-hmm. Uh, it does put a few people off. 100%. And, you know, changing the name, I, I thought, as just a gym goer, I thought it was a masterstroke in regards to what your business is doing because you still actively support CrossFit. Yeah. But you've gone out on your own to change it. And yeah. I know you want to do a lot more with recoveries and, you know, you, you want to introduce a whole lot of other mm. um, parameters yes. of whether it's spin classes mm. or yoga classes yeah. or I don't, I don't know if you can call it yoga you have to call it stretching or something yeah. Yeah. is that true well i think you could call it yoga if you wanted to but <laughs> you might have to pay someone a fee <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> potentially but you know it, it, cha- it really changed my mind with w- what you were doing because pre- previous to that i didn't really realize oh okay james and then i started watching you in the games and it was pretty exciting to watch so to see your, your movement forward, to see the change, and with CrossFit where it's going, it's did, it, and it has, it's like any big sport. You know, you talk, talk about UFC, you talk about stuff that is as big as it's going to get. Where, where does it go? And you have to keep reinventing. 100%. Or you just fall along the wayside to I the know. next thing. I agree. I think the evolution, and I've always been one to always want to continue growing, learning, evolving, keeping an open mind to anything. I'll always keep an open mind and give everything a chance. And with Soul in particular, what I found that we were missing was I wanted to find more balance for the members that were coming in. I wanted to be able to grab someone who was coming in from a stressful day at work and not just run them through another stressful workout and then send them on their way and then expect them to go home and be able to fall asleep properly. They're too overstressed, they have too much cortisol. Or, you know, I wanted to create an environment that was more encompassing of 
um, longevity. That was the idea behind it. And if we look at all of the different areas around the world where people are living over 100, the, the blue zones or the centenarian zones where people, high, dense, high populations of people living over 100, you have a look at how they interact with pe other people. You look at how they live and how they, what they do. And you can see that there's a bit of a pattern. They're very social, like they get together a lot. So I wanted to create an environment where people could come together and they could have a chat with someone, not just rock into a gym, chuck their headphones in, keep to themselves and be alone in the corner and then go home and not talk to anyone and then go to bed. Whereas mental stimulation and creating relationships all, go to, all goes towards mental health and also creating the wholesome, encompassing longevity spectrum that I wanted to teach to the people that I'm in contact with. So I, the, the, I did see a doco on the, these people living longer, you know, drinking their coffee, having their, their wine and, mm. and, you know, getting together. Yeah. And, you know, you just, we talked about, I, I had a holiday up at the river and I, I loved the place up there and I ate and drank probably more than I should, but I probably didn't eat bad food. So for me, came back, I actually feel amazing, which mm. is scary for everyone around me because <laughs> you function so much on a different level uh, higher much higher and when you look at those blue zones none of them are near australia no um you know we'll put them up so you can have a look at them but they're, they're all you know they're they're all in like you're talking greece italy and Osaka. costa rica Osaka. like you know they're all in places that are very pretty places to yeah. go to yeah and it's like it's getting back to for us, it was, you know, trying to encompass all the things that amount to what we believe in our personal experience is, you know, all around health. So that's, yes, teaching the fitness for sure. That's what I'm very passionate about, the fitness side of things. But I'm also passionate about creating an environment where people feel they can be part of a community, where they can come and have a coffee. That's why we put the coffee in. Because I wanted people to sit down and have a chat and, you know, have social interaction. And if they can do that, that's a step towards being healthier and having better relationships and then also teaching people how to work in more because people smash themselves all day long um, they get terrible sleep and they're on the go they're slamming it out and they're working hard and hustling but then where is their time to recoup and re recover and and do those things so trying to promote the working in protocols that I really enjoy and love and that's you know having the float tank there and doing some sauna and doing the breath work and doing the stretch at the end of class all those things find balance. And if you don't have balance, something's going to give at some point. If you have a stress bucket and all you do is put in work stress, relationship stress, training stress, and then you have no outlet to dump water out of that bucket, whereas that's your working in stuff, that's your breathing, your meditation, you're getting outside and getting sunlight, your good food, your good sleep. If you don't have someone scooping out that bucket and it overflows, that's when you get hit with chronic disease, um, overworked, injury. yeah, injury, cortisol levels are through the roof. Um, you get, you know, a whole bunch of different ailments that'll just plug you for ages. Like people that burn themselves out too much, and you've got things like adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue that you know almost never leave you. Um, and you have to work really hard to get them back into sync. Um, and so, if you don't have balance then there's no point in really having too much at all because at the end of the day, if you can't function, then what's the point? So going on the float tank, because you've got something there. Yeah. Um, I actually haven't done a float tank. Oh, you're going to have to. Which, You'd have all the best ideas in there. <laughs> which I can't believe I... Uh, which don't I, put him in there. <laughs> Everyone's shaking their head. If you can't see that, everyone's shaking their head, so don't put him in there. I, I actually haven't uh, um, done that. I, I've 
I think I, I've, I have a high stress job. 100%. And from dad, you know, I remember the times where, you know, the banks are calling Monday mornings to dad. And I'm, as a little kid, I remember I'm like, they're asking where's the money for this and this, yeah. and this and this and this and this and this. And from a very young age, dad, dad sort of said, don't stress over, you know, when you, so, something happens, you've just got to think what's the worst possible thing that can happen. Hmm. And you can always say you die, but <laughs> whatever the worst possible thing is, and then work your way back from that. And the reality is 90% of what you think is going to happen doesn't happen. I agree. So there's your stress, right? So I can quickly cut off that mm. very easily. And I think I'm really fortunate to be able to think like that because yeah. I've, I hear and I speak to people that just don't have that ability to, to be able to deal with high-stress situations. And the only problem with that is... People turn around and go, oh, fuck, he's a bit casual. This guy's a bit fucking casual. <laughs> yeah. It, and it, to everybody else, this shit's hitting the fan. He was like, ah, oh, it'll work out. Yeah. Mm. And it's like even, even li- like we've got, the, our girls have got these rocking horses that they, they ride and they don't have brakes. And our driveway is a slight tilt like that. <laughs> yeah. And Layla's gone down, down this hill and she's not going to stop. And I go, nah. And my wife just looks, it's like, she just freezes. And like, I had to run and stop. And it's like, she goes, fuck, how did you think to do that? I said, well, fuck, she's going to hit the fucking garage door, babe. <laughs> so it was like, like, for me, it's one of those things that I've had situations where you, you just have to react. Mm. And I think I'm, I, I react more so because I think I'm calmer. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's yeah. what I think in my mind. Does the float tank do that? Uh, I, no, yes, 100%. I agree. Like, for it's me, full of magnesium full or mag- Epsom salt? Or both. Both. It's the it? same, yeah. One and the same. So it's basically... Just going on to that, when I first opened the gym, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to do anything. All I did, I rocked up to a commercial leaser or whatever it was at the time. And I just said, oh, I want to get this property. I saw that you've got it. Can I have it? And, <laughs> and they were just like, sure. So they said, you need a security deposit. I didn't even know what that was. I was like, oh, geez, I didn't even know that. And then, so I had to go find more money, rah, rah, rah. And then at the, in the beginning, I would stress about everything. I would stress about uh, bills. I would stress about keeping everyone happy. I would stress about this, stress about that. And then over the course of time, I've just been, like, I'm so relaxed. You know, like, I've missed about 25 flights because I'm just relaxed. I just don't care. <laughs> and if I stress myself out about every little thing that can pop up, I'll forever be living in stress. And that's not what I want. It's not what's going to make me happy. So I'd prefer to miss the flight than crush myself all the time about what have I got to do? Where are I going to be? What are I going to do this? What are I got to... At the moment, I'm stressed because I've got so much on the go, but there's a time and a place. I know that coming back from this period of time where we've got the fires going on, we're doing some renovations at the gym. I've got to train. I've got a competition in eight weeks that I'm stressing about doing all these things. I don't feel super fit at the moment. All those things, I know they'll work out, but I know I'll have a bounce back at some point where I'll give myself my winter. And at the moment, I'm in summer where I'm, you know, under the pump, but I'm okay to do that because I've just come off a hardcore winter where, you know, I took time off when I fell off my bike. I took time off in Bali where I did a fasting retreat and incented myself. I took uh, time off getting ready for the Ironman. So I wasn't under the pump so much. So at the moment I can handle the stress. My stress bucket is low, but it's feeling fast. But I know when it gets to a particular point and I'll be able to recognize that because the more you do it, the better in tune you become with your body. Recognize that you're getting to the point of, okay, I'm about to overflow. And usually Kayla's a really good one to sense that out. And she'll be like, you need a break. Here's a plane ticket. Go away. And <laughs> I'll go. I'll go somewhere. I'll go. She'll fly me to 
I don't know, she'll say, go up to Queensland and hang out there for a week and go train with someone. Or she'll fly me to Cookville and say, go train with Tia and Shane because she knows that I get along well with them and we have great rapport and we can go and train and have a laugh and have a good time. So she'll recognize it too. Um, So basically, if you can de-stress yourself as much as possible and try and live a less highly strung day-to-day, I think that's better. Like just be more easygoing and flowing. Yeah, yeah, work hard for sure. Yes, there are times for stress. Yes, don't avoid stress. Just deal with stress better. That's the key. You don't want to avoid it so much and then come crashing down when stress comes upon you. You want to be able to see stress, acknowledge it, and then deal with it in a better way. And that's what the float tank does help with. So what the float tank does for me, in particular for competition, I can get in there and I can basically rehearse in my head what I'm about to do. And if you can rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, when you get to those box step overs that you've rehearsed in your head, you know how much they hurt because you've done them before. You say, it's going to hurt me this much. I'm going to feel like this. I'm going to be sweating this much. I'm going to be feeling the noise of the crowd. There's music going to be playing. And I'm okay with that. I already know what's going to happen. I've done it 50 times in the float tank. Whereas the person next to me, it's his first time. He's freaking out. His legs are burning more than he thought. His heart rate is 20 beats higher than it normally was and only because he's stressing. Whereas I can visualize everything that's going on inside the float tank because there's nothing coming in to interrupt me. I don't have any light. I don't have any sound. I don't have any gravity on me. I don't have anything that's actually no sensory input coming in. All I have is me going over my visualization patterns in the float tank so I can get ready for competition really well. Plus, I'm also soaking up magnesium. So magnesium is good for over 300 chemical processes in the body. You're better at, um, you're better at healing. You're better at um, uh, fixing cramps. You're better at um, healing sleep. the muscles. Sleep helps put, yeah, helps get you into a nice, calm, relaxed sleep state. Um, it helps to drop cortisol. It, it does so many good things for you. Like it's just, yeah, it's like, it's like going back in the womb. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, or being in uh, outer space, <laughs> one of the two. Because I, I, it's funny, most people go to, to the tank to relax and you're in there going through fucking doing stepovers yeah. and, and workouts because that's how you, you deal. Yeah, totally. And I think I'll use it for different things at different times. So I'll use the tank if I'm getting ready for competition. If, if I've got a competition that's local to home and I can get my tank all the time, I'll get in there you know, every day for seven days and go about my competition. But if I'm in there and I've, you know, got something going on with the gym and I want to, you know, redo it or evolve it in some way, shape or form, I can jump in there and I can put things in place uninterrupted. Okay. Or if I've had a heavy training session and I just want to recover better, I can just jump in there. I can either, you know, fall asleep for an hour, soak up some mag, not be interrupted and just completely relax and, and, and calm down. That's another good way to go about it. So you've got a couple of different options while you go in there. So ice, like there's some on and off about ice baths or mm. hot cold. Yep. Um, unfortunately, they say you have to finish on cold. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Damn That's it. where I've gone wrong. But what's your, you know, is that crucial for muscle recovery? Um, you know, I would say not so much for muscle recovery. It's more so about... Um, you know, stimulating particular hormone productions, things like that, dealing with stress, becoming comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Um, so, you know, it's good for testosterone. It's good for those types of growth hormones to be released. Um, in terms of like icing and things after, you know, injury and stuff, um, back in the day when I played football, yeah, we used to ice everything. Like if you got a hard knock or you rolled an ankle, you'd ice it straight away. But, you know, these days, like I'm not an expert in that. But... These days they're saying, you know, the anti, like the 
inflammatory process is what you want. You're like you need it. Your body wouldn't do it if you didn't need it. So why are you trying to inhibit it? Like I understand if you hurt yourself, roll an ankle, and you want to go back out there for the second half, and you want the pain to go away. Sure, ice it. But maybe long term, doing it to you know make it heal faster, probably not. I would say like that's just my personal yeah. opinion. But jumping in an ice bath for sure. Like I think it has you know huge effects on inflammatory processes and, and putting out fires for sure um, and I also think getting your body in tune with how to react when you are in a stressful situation learning how to breathe your way through certain things a lot of people don't even know how to breathe properly these days so uh, I'm assuming you know about Wim Hof yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, one of my mates got me onto him I don't know how I started watching about the Iceman and, yeah. and just you know watching the breathing techniques which you can do in your car yeah um, yeah pretty safely yeah um as long as you don't hold your breath yeah like well yeah for particular well the the thing that has blown me away other than going to watch a lot of his stuff about mm. you know how he's 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 changed the way that his history is written by what doctors are saying the human body can't do this where he's no no it can it can it can mm. people you know people are still sitting there trying oh it's a fraud this that and the other i mean i don't understand how they can do that when it's he's being filmed he's like in a nice bar you know, he's got temperature gauges in there. It's 100% filming. Yeah. You know, or the, when he did the study, injecting them with Ebola. Or yeah, a, 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 a toxin. A toxin, and they all just breathed it out of their system, yeah. and the other people got sick. Yep. Obviously, there is so much power mm. in being able to control your mind. 100%. I think everything stems, you know, at the end of the day, breath is number one. Like, well, depends how you look at it. Breath, you, you need to breathe. If you don't breathe, you're going to die. Pretty so much. it's if you can control that and the more that you breathe and the, if you can breathe better and you can be more efficient in your breath, you know, you're alkalizing your blood. And if you can do that, I'm pretty sure that's the way that he's, you know, fighting off these toxins and, yep. you know, controlling his immune system and, and other bits and pieces like that is fr fr from what I can tell. But if we can control that, you can pretty much breathe yourself through any situation. When I was doing the Ironman recently, I had 20Ks to go in the run and I was hurting pretty bad at that point. I was like, you're all good. You'll breathe your way through it. You'll be fine. And yeah, eventually you did. Eventually you got through it and eventually you finished. And it's just like, oh, well, I just breathe my way through it. So if you can control that, I think once that starts to become erratic and out of control, that only heightens and snowballs the effect. Whereas if you can keep yourself under control and bring, this is what it's all about with the balance, bringing yourself back. Everyone sits in sympathetic all the time and they're so heightened that they're fight or flight but people tend to lack learning how to get into their parasympathetic nervous system. Fastest way to get there, do six slow breaths and see how well you feel after that. Like, but no, no, usually most people say do six slow breaths to someone and sitting in the car and they'll get through three and think of, you know, five emails that they need to do and get back on the emails after three and not even finish the six. So that is a what, let's do it. Yeah, so, okay. Well, all right, six, well, six, Ollie, you gotta do this. So all right. So we, so we want to, we want so to do six breaths, yeah, yeah, six so breaths over sixty seconds. Yeah. Okay. You ready? So it's that like that's every ten seconds. Yeah. Do I need to time this? Or I'll just follow you. Okay. Ready? Uh, yeah. Only through the nose though. No mouth. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ready? Nice and slow. Yep. Slow in.
and we're back nice and relaxed did you mind go anywhere after like three breaths no i was good you're good i, I felt I consciously thought about it yeah that's good see that's a good thing like i but i was like i thought at three breaths i was like wow this is taking a long time <laughs> i've got to do i've got to get back to emails <laughs> <laughs> wow i did it you did it i actually feel a bit warm yeah, well... Uh, is that hot-headed? No. Well, it's just it, you're oxygenating the system. So basically what we're doing is we're doing an oxygen dump. So you're, you're blasting a whole bunch of oxygen back into the system. And so basically if you were to get, for instance, say a pulse oximeter on your finger, and let's say you were at 95, 96, 97% oxygen saturation in the blood, if we do that breath work, it's basically boosting an extra amount of oxygen into the blood and, and we're basically adding oxygen to all our hemoglobin and in our red blood cells and oxygenating the system which is basically you know turbocharging your your oxygenation in the blood which is alkalizing your blood as well so sometimes it can give you a bit of a lightheaded feeling um, sometimes it can you know stimulate better learning processes sometimes it just calms you down and just relaxes your body that's a bit what more. it feels like yeah, that's that just and it's just as simple as that. And sixty seconds. So, f- for me, and we'll we'll well, we'll, we'll talk as we find it's that we're going. But you're you're a coffee fanatic. I love coffee. I yeah. do. Yeah, and you like obviously when you're in a different country, you're being pretty fanatical about. There's a guy from Port Portland, Oregon, in the class today, mm. and maybe that's one of the only places that has a half decent I know what you're saying about American coffee like uh-huh. I'm not nothing against the Americans I love America but fuck me they're uh, definitely very few they need to up their game yeah up their game in coffee right yeah. so I quit coffee mm-hmm. just because I kept on thinking I needed coffee to wake me up sure so I, I reckon I got a very highly addictive personality. Yep. And when I have stuff, I'd, you know, I probably was having 10 cups a day plus Red Bulls, like mm. thinking that in my mind was set, oh, I'm a bit tired, I'll have a Red Bull. Or, but the reality is it that's not why I'm tired or that it does nothing in regards to... Energy. Uh, energy. It's like, not giving you any energy, it's giving you false energy. Yeah. It's but, stimulating you to make you think that you have energy, but they're actually burning, you're burning candle from both ends at that point so that's when you've actually done a really good thing by understanding that that's not what you need and a lot of people are just you know they would like to be uh oblivious or they are oblivious to knowing i'm feeling tired i'm really feeling down at 3 p.m every day you shouldn't you shouldn't you should you should feel good like if you're fueling yourself the correct way you're sleeping the correct way you should feel great um and getting getting skating your way through and faking it on caffeine is only leading to filling that stress bucket even higher more than you were before your bucket is probably already overflowing and you're trying to get around that stress bucket by caffeinating or you know having you know the red bulls or 100 percent. and to just stop i just so now have a a coffee like a month or something or when it like it's it's random because i used to catch up for lots of coffees but totally i've got an eye mask in my car and if i feel like i'm tired a 15 20 minute kip i wake up like oh like i can turn off like that and uh fuck hope works not listening to this but yeah, well, uh, to, honestly, to me I, i'm like i'm functioning so much better uh, you're way more productive yeah and i don't know how i could introduce like a sleeping capsule but but because to me 
that's like, okay, I'm tired uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, you've got kids and everyone's got stuff going on. Yeah, it, it's amazing how good you feel as long as it's not too long. Yes, yes, in, I agree. I, I don't know. There's probably some studies on that, which I've read a bit about the REM and whatnot sleep. Yeah. But to me, I, I, I can pull over and put my aircon on and put the seat back and be able to shut up, shut down. Same. And then come back way more invigorated. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I, I think uh, you can do that 100%. The sleep one, if you're feeling like yeah, you need a bit, take it. If you want to feel almost instantly energized, go get out in the sun and get as much as your skin exposed to the sun. Or go take your shoes off and stand on grass and see how good you feel straight away. Do a couple of deep breaths. Those types of things are really good at taking the stress out of that bucket fast and getting you back on track. And if people could just uh, do those a little bit more instead of doing the things that make them instantly feel that instant gratification of sipping that coffee makes them feel good for a split second, but then they can't sleep at night and then it's just a snowball effect. And so everything is just compiling to stress and stress and stress. Whereas dealing with the stress better, having the nap or getting in the sun or earthing or get jumping in the float tank those things will help you far more than bypassing it by caffeine. So uh, you just mentioned earthing and Ollie here, he, we were looking up some things to talk about and he goes, what the fuck is earthing? <laughs> yeah. And I, mate, said, I get that all the time, don't worry. Uh, and I said to him, I said, mate, surely you've watched Pretty Woman when Richard Gere walks around is at Central Park with his shoes off yeah. and he goes, fucking hell, mate. Yeah. Uh, yes, I've watched it, but as if I remember that scene. Yeah. So basically, you know, taking your shoes off and being in touch with the ground. Yeah, right? yeah. Whether it's sand or grass or yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, whether... T- my thoughts on this is whether it has an effect on you physically, like it's actually doing something, or, or, mentally. Whether you, or mentally, if it makes you relax, makes you feel good, go for it. Whether it's having a physical effect on, you know, picking up the electrons or whatever they may, the free electrons. Sure, if it does, like we can, they can do some tests and they can figure it out whether it's actually happening and whether it's balancing you out or whether it's, you know, neutralizing you a little bit more. There's, sure, there's some studies on there. I'm not an expert on it, but I know I instantly feel better when I do that. And whether it's just taking a break from what I'm doing, if I'm doing emails, I'm sitting there stressing, pulling my hair out or trying to program or getting ready for something and I can take my shoes off and take a break from it and go stand out on the grass, I instantly feel 10 times better. And if that's a placebo, I don't care. Happy days. I feel great. So am I like earthing now? <laughs> no, no, you'd be on true, true, true ground. But then again, like- I'm always walking around with bare feet with my fucking socks on. I, oh, I don't know why, I just, it feels comfortable. Feels nice, yeah. Yeah, it feels and, nice. And if it feels, if it feels good, then sure, like it's, it gives you those warm fuzzies and sure makes you feel good do it so with the float tank obviously we talked about going into the sleep um how crucial sleep is and i, I don't know why but from a very young age like let's go back to high school for me I, I thought of i was only getting like five or maximum like five six hours sleep and i sort of watched that get to five hours mm. and i was like everyone's like, oh you can't do that you can't do that you can't do that my old man He's exactly the same as me in regards to I feel I wake up on and I you know I don't need an alarm clock to wake up but I just I, I'm I'm up. Mm. I feel I have that energy and a lot of it might be I've mentally talked myself into it yeah. however I do it but I've been trying to get a little bit extra sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Is there any rules on what's the right amount of sleep? Well, I guess 
everyone is slightly different in every in in particular ways. I think um, if you, if you're waking up and you're feeling energized and you're feeling ready to rock and roll, and maybe you're just very in tune with your body getting into a particular sleep cycle, and at the end of say two rounds of your sleep cycles, you're getting up feeling buzzed. So what's the sleep cycle? So you basically will start off in you know they have different phases so you've got like theta you've got delta you've got deep REM and stuff like that so if you go through those sleep cycles and usually what they say from some of the things that i've heard on podcasts is that you'll go through these sleep cycles twice in a night and usually at the end of that second cycle is when you want to be getting up and usually that tends to happen when we start to get light so back in the day when we used to sleep outside under the stars and the sun would come up Skin would uh, sun would hit our skin. It'd activate um, cortisol, which would then dampen and suppress the sleep hormone, which would then get us to wake up. And then at night time, we don't get any of the sun. We don't get any light. And this is why the blue light and everything has been impeding people's sleep is because we're activating cortisol constantly and it's impeding our serotonin. So basically, as serotonin goes down, cortisol comes up and then as we reverse it vice versa um so if you're getting a little bit less and you're feeling absolutely amazing roll with that if someone like for me i feel fantastic off around eight eight or nine hours of sleep depending on how hard i've gone in the gym or if training or stress um i'm usually an eight hour sleeper so do you get do you get naps as well so it depends on how much workload i've been doing so if i'm when I hurt my back, when I fell off my bike, I was getting between... We'll talk about that later, by the way. I was getting between... I was getting about 10 hours a night just sleeping by myself. And then during the day, I would get anywhere from one to three or four hours extra. But that's recovering. And that was like purposefully trying to sleep so I could heal my bones as fast as possible. Um, so to, why were, why you obviously had a pretty big accident... Uh, well, you fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I just hit. Yeah, I just fell off my bike. Like, so you've taken up mountain biking. Oh, I just did it for a bit of fun. Yeah. Like I don't have a mountain bike. I was using a mate's mountain bike. We were all swapping, and um, I love riding. Like I've got. Have got, you got footage of it? Uh, I don't have footage of me falling off. I've got footage of me about to fall off, but then. <laughs> Then I don't have it of me well, If we can find a photo of the remnants of that or the, the uh, what happened after that. that yeah. was, uh, it, it, everyone thought it was pr- really bad. Like, I remember yeah. speaking to your dad and he goes, oh, fuck, it's not good. Yeah. Oh, I think parents like to stress about those types. I called my mom and I was like, mom, how's it going? She's like, yeah, good. She's like, what, what have you done? And I was like, nothing, I'm fine. I'm just at the hospital just chilling. I'll be out soon. She's like, what have you done? And I was like, oh, I fell off my bike. And she's like, okay. And I was like, oh. I have what you did. You I, d- what, did what did you do? You can tell us. I broke a couple of ribs. Yeah. Um, so I broke seventh and eighth rib and I fractured um, T2, T3 spinal processes. And then I punched a lung, had a pneumothorax. So you were training at this stage for your Ironman? There was an Ironman event? Yeah. So I was actually competing in the open at that point, getting yep. ready, trying to qualify for the games early. And I was also getting ready. I was about five weeks out from uh, Bustleton Ironman, which is something I've always wanted to attempt. Um, getting an Ironman done, it looked like a really hard <laughs> task. So I was just like, oh, it sounds cool. It'd be push, it'll push me um, and it'd, it'd give me something to aim for. And then, yeah, we just decided we we're going to go for a road ride and we decided to go for a mountain bike instead just to change things up. And I like changing things up. 
gets us outside, gets us all working together and we're with a group of mates and having some fun. And yeah, just we were all changing bikes and as we were changing bikes, I, you know, one bike was stiffer, one bike was a bit softer, one bike was this, that, different heights, different lengths and I just came around a corner unprepared, probably took it a bit too quick. Um, it was a bit more cushiony so I overshot the corner, washed out the front wheel, went over the handlebars and then like hit a tree with my head and kind of rolled up the tree into my back and then like there was a branch sticking out that like jabbed me in the back and then that kind of did the back damage and then yeah broke a couple of ribs at the same time and then yeah got my lung with one of the broken ribs and kind of put a little tear in there as well but to be honest like it was fairly painful but it like wasn't like if standing still it wasn't that much it was like pretty okay but when they tried to move me oh shit that was painful and I was like, oh, I really don't want to be moved again. And then it was like, oh, we have to move you. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. But it wasn't that bad. And from what they told me, as soon as they said that you hadn't done any damage to, you know, the vertebrae surrounding the spinal cord, I was like, cool, it's fine. Then I'm not going to hurt myself anymore. So when can I start training again? And they were just like, oh, you need to heal this. And they did a really good job. And, and they're obviously wanting to, they've got my best interests at heart but I really wanted to do this Ironman. And so as soon as I left the hospital after, they had me stay for four days. And then once I got cleared for spinal, um, I got back at about three or 4 p.m. in the afternoon on the fourth day, uh, fifth day, sorry. And I was like, I wanna get back on the bike. And Kay was like, no, you can't get back on the bike. And I was like, no, I really want to. And she's like, no, just give it one more day. So I left it another day. And on the sixth day, I got back on the bike, on the trainer, on the indoor trainer and started riding. And so my thing was, I'm going to try and heal this injury for time. At that point in time, I'd already turned over to plant-based. I'd have been doing it for about a month already. Um, uh, my nutrition was good. I was really, you know, fo I'm always focused on recovery regardless. I want to get the best out of my performance as much as I possibly can. And that's without turning to illegal drugs or anything that's going to make me unhealthy in the long run that's just by far the most opposite of what i ever want to do if i had to sacrifice my health for something for a gold medal at something no, you can take the gold medal and i'll go live my long happy life um and so i was at home and i was like i'm going to heal this as fast as i possibly can i'm going to do everything that i know i'm going to use every tool in my toolbox to heal this thing so i was doing things like sleeping extra I was getting out and earthing regardless of whether it actually did anything or not, it made me feel good. I was getting sunlight every day, which is proven to increase absolutely like every type of healing process in the body. I was getting down the ocean. I was getting in the cold water. I was getting in the salt. I was getting in the float tank. I was jumping in the sauna, which is really good for heat shock proteins and healing injuries and wounds. I was um, doing breath work. I was alkalizing my blood. I was even just picturing my bones healing in the float tank, even just visualizing them healing, whether that works or not, I did it anyway. And I tried to do everything I possibly could to try and heal this thing. And I went back, I was back doing like three and a half hour training sessions, like swim, bike, run sessions in within like 11 days. Like I felt like it was a bit painful, but it wasn't that bad. Um, and it wasn't the bones that were sore. It was the muscles around those areas that had copped it. Um, like bruises on my back and stuff, that's what was kind of sore. Like it didn't hurt to swim. It didn't hurt to bike. It only hurt to run a little bit, but just the jolt lifting? jolting impact. I didn't lift. Yeah. So after that, I didn't lift up to the Ironman. I probably could have, um, 
but I kind of used that time to really prepare for the Ironman. I was doing, I wasn't doing a ton of training for it. I was maybe training up to 10 hours a week in that last four weeks. And then prior to that, I was training maybe six to seven hours of triathlon based training and a a, a week, a week for just, for just triathlon. And then I was probably doing 15 to 16, 17 hours of CrossFit training on top. So I was roughly doing around about 24, 25 hours of training a week. And then some, and then leading into the game, sometimes you're in the gym from eight until seven, you eight eight a.m. until seven p.m. It's like Holy just shit. depends what you're up to. Um, and you know how much they're training. You're not going. You're not doing like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's like you might do a three hour block in the morning. You take a break. You might go do a two hour block, and then you might go for a ninety minute swim, something like that. So you might be doing six hours of actual work or something like that. Um, but then it fluctuates throughout the year. You need to have your off time, and then you need to have your on time. So you're at real high stress and then you're recouped phases. And so doing all of this, sleeping when I was in bed and when I wasn't in, when I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't in bed. Like I think people would use that time to sit and be still watch and, Netflix. and watch Netflix. And I thought that's the most opposite of what I need right now. I need to get outside. I need to get moving. I need to get, I need to move my lymphatic system around. I need to stretch. I need to mobilize. I need to be out getting fresh air and doing all those things and so that's what i did and then after two and a half weeks i got a two and a half week scan and they had they couldn't find any more cracks in my vertebrae that all healed they couldn't find any more um breaks in my my ribs my pneumothorax had disappeared um the tear in my lung had pretty much cleared up after seven days and yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and I think that's uh, the, that's probably the way it should be, though. I feel like that's probably the way most people should heal up. I feel like that's the norm. That's like if we were to just to treat ourselves, um, you know, take into consideration. It depends how fast you want to heal. Like I wanted to heal real quick, so well, I was determined. Was that five weeks? I competed no. after five weeks. Um, so it was f- in an Ironman. Yeah, yeah. So I did the Ironman. So that's uh, so that's for people that don't know. It's like a nine hour event or yeah. what's the fastest person doing fastest hour? in the world uh, is around seven hours and 45 minutes and what is it it's a hundred i think it's 120k but how's it start so it starts off with a 3.8k swim open water swim oh my god i don't think i could do 3.8ks so that took a that took me and i'm like not the fastest swimmer in the world but i'm not the worst either it took me an hour and three minutes um then coming off that, we went going to a 180k bike ride, and that took five hours and four minutes for me. Yeah. And then you do a marathon after that, and so that took me four hours. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, good on you. So what do you do it in? So you were oh, you wanted nine minutes. You wanted nine hours. I wanted you? under ten. Like under. I said, I would have been absolutely stoked with under ten hours, yeah. and I did ten hours and fourteen minutes. So that's unreal. So to qualify for the Australian Ironman circuit, which you don't want to do. No, so like getting to Kona, like World Series, you'd probably have to place, you'd probably have to come probably sub nine, I would say. Um, I'm not a, I don't know the ins and outs of triathlon that much. I just intrigues me. I really just enjoy swim bike So you just thought, oh, just, okay, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was really, it's pretty, I mean, I gotta, you got to get a laugh about it. I mean, the, yeah. the average person, I, I don't think could even contemplate it. A fit person can't even really contemplate it. Well, I really, I really think that in any given situation, I think if there was, if I was with somebody on the course or, you know, I think I could encourage someone to get one done regardless of their 
what, I, reckon what? I, I reckon I could get you to do one, put it that way. I reckon if, you know, push comes to shove, we would we would backstroke, breaststroke, swim that 3.8 Ks. And once I got you on the bike, it'd just be ticking over. The, bike, the run would be the challenge. And then if you need to walk a bit, you walk a bit. That's fine. Oh, it's, it's just unbelievable. And to actually have that um, recovery time is, is full on. Yeah, I, I think... Um, it just goes to show that... Do you think that the mind... Hmm? Like, I mean, you did a lot of other things, but hmm. do you think the mind is a crucial component big player yeah totally of course i think the thoughts that you think also play with your body's chemistry like if you've always got you know down depressive thoughts constantly that obviously plays a toll on the rest of your body and the reaction that you have from that you know that snowballs into other things too whereas if you can have a, a brighter outlook on a lot of things and be happier and release endorphins and do all those types of things more regularly that's only going to have a positive impact. You are a positive person. Like I, I, even at the gym, like you're encouraging. You're, you're really. You have actually that soothing sort of like. All right, come on, keep going. Like it's it's quite comforting to be honest. Oh, good. I'm glad. And, and hopefully, can, it's not annoying. <laughs> no, definitely not annoying. But you can see how that is you, mm. and you've seemed to have got yourself to a stage which a lot of people can't actually think about how your brain can focus on that level to be the powerful, the most powerful thing that you've got. Yeah, I think if you can control that stuff as much as possible, and I'm not perfect by any means, there are times where I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Like after, if you watch the video on the Iron Man, it's like at the end I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God. But or you've just slugged your guts out for 10 hours. Yeah. It's a fair enough time to be doing. But it was, it was like, I think, yeah, I think if we can try and be, you know, it's not like, it's not like trying to put a, a positive spin on absolutely everything. Like, I think that is pointless. Like, if you look at something and it's obviously terrible and you're just going to be like, oh, no, everything's great. This is like, well, that's not reality. Um, but if you can take a situation that seems like it's, like like you were saying before, stress, something that would normally stress an average person out, like you've got someone calling you for bills and you don't have the money to do it or whatever it is, things that normal people, like, deal with on a daily basis is like, bills and, and relationships and things like that, if you can take some of those situations and flick them as much as possible to, you know, finding a solution or um, looking at it a different way instead of like everything's just against me all the time or like you're the constant, um, uh, uh, like your problem is the worst thing in the world all the time, I think you'll, you'll do much better in terms of keeping it, you know, um, a healthy mind and a healthy healthy body. It's like gravitating to people that you want to achieve with just as much as, as you do. 100%. And, you know, I, I saw something you're saying, basically ditch your bottom 10% of drainers. Yeah. Um, because your life will be lost, lot, a lot less toxic. Mm. So it's, it goes the same with finding the people you associate with, probably the closest people you hang around with. There's some attribute in all of those. Totally. totally. You would hope so. Yeah. And I've, I always say it to our people. It's like, you know, if you don't like what you're doing, go. we don't force you to come to work. If mm. you don't want to be here, yeah. then go and achieve your career somewhere else. Yes. And I've always said that. And it's no different with your friends, your group of friends. I mean, most people don't have time to listen to everyone's problems. Yeah. So you've got to be quite selective of who you want to listen to and how much time of the day you want to give them, especially because 
oh, I think it, it's becoming a lot more stressful yeah. because of we have so many more gadgets and devices and we can travel, you know, gone are the days where it take you 60 days to go and travel. Now you can go somewhere in 22 hours across the other side of the world and soon, I think in our lifetime, we're going to see that you'll be able to go somewhere in an hour totally. out of the atmosphere, spin around and drop back in. So you can see how things just accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. And I don't know about you, but the older you get, you keep thinking, and how old? You're pretty, you look young. 29. Fuck me. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's young. I feel old now. Okay, next question. So <laughs> moving on, to have, to have that sort of calmness about you is really, it's encouraging to see because you do see it with, we employ a lot of younger people and you can see that they're getting stressed out about things that I, like I try to say, look, that's hardly worth worrying about. Mm. And half of that's how you perceive your mind. One of the things you haven't answered up, that I haven't asked you, are you a morning or a night guy? Whoa, that's funny. Hmm. <laughs> or are you just like the all day guy? Yeah. Well, so would... when do you feel like, you know, a lot of people say you wake up to your hardest jobs in the morning. Yeah. Um, well, I think with training, it's kind of both. I like, you need to get up, you need to get training. Like I love to train first thing in the morning. But then I also love to finish my day with training. So, um, so can you so you, what what's an average day look for you? So, at, if, like leading if, in. So not leading. What do you have, what have you got coming up next? So I've got. Um, so I'll probably have a competition at some point during March. Yep. So leading into so that we're competition, in January twenty twenty. Yep. So within like so this next eight weeks of training, um, you would likely I would likely get say a gym session in the morning that would go for say two to three hours, more like three hours. Then I'd probably take a break for say two and a half hours, three hours. And then I would do say maybe another in gym session, whether it be a different modality than what I did in the morning. Um, and that might take 90 minutes or thereabouts or two hours. And then at night time, it'd probably be my personal preference to then maybe go to the pool and swim extra or go and find a crit race that I can go and race my bike or, um, maybe go for a go for an like an ocean swim or, or something like that so do you need a period of time after your last thing before you go to bed or what's what's your wind down routine oh uh, so for me i can go to sleep at any time of the day wherever i am if i if you were to put me down in this room right now i'd sleep if i put my head on this thing even if you guys kept talking i'd be asleep like that but when i'm on the go i'm on the go like i, I there are times when I'm so on the go that I'll get to 5 p.m. and be like, I haven't eaten food today. And I'll just be like, jeez, oh, that's not good. So so you're actually not a eat all, like, you know, you read lots of articles, you listen to lots of people, you need to eat every few hours. To keep- yeah, totally. I, I normally am. But if I'm doing, for in- if I'm training, I'm very diligent with um, obviously getting the food in because I need it because I know that's my personal, like, that's my high priority. Um, when I'm, for instance, renovating the gym or doing yeah. stuff like that then i'm just like let's go because i want to get it done and i want to get it done in a timely fashion like when i moved the gym last time i did it in 48 hours and usually that takes a couple of weeks yeah. and i was just like no nah, we're doing it in 48 hours just because i wanted it done so i could get back to training your normal schedule yeah so if i'm doing things like that i like to be on the go and then sometimes you know caleb like when's the last time you ate i'm just like no oh, i don't, can't remember but that's not all the time yeah. That's just when I'm flat chat and have something at the forefront of my mind that, you know, if this is if this lasts too long, then 
I'm losing days of training that I crucially need to get prepared. So I'm going to go so hard at this that I'm going to get it done and get it done now. That's that's always the way I've been, no matter what it is. Even before I got into the gym and got in crazy into training, like I remember when I was fixing a car as a kid, when I was like 16, I wanted to get this job done. I wanted to pull this engine out of this car and I was out there on a school night. I was out in the garage and I was mucking around with this car for until like four o'clock in the morning because I didn't want to stop until it was done. And it was like, I knew I had to go to bed, but I was just like, Got to get, get it done. Got to get it done. You're and one I, of those people that have to complete stuff. I just want to get it done. Just Are you a bit get... of a control freak then? Um, if I'm, if uh, yeah, I would be a control freak. If like I feel like I'm very like have a lot expertise in a particular area. If I don't, let, happily let someone take the reins. If I'm not an expert, and not being an expert, not like you have a certificate, but if I've done something a lot of times and I've seen how it works and I know exactly what I want, then yes. So what do you think is the quickest way to get fit which gets the best result? Like what, what, do, what do you think is the quickest way to be able to get fit for the average person? I would... So something that's really resonated with me in the recent years with training, and I've been through phases of training where I haven't enjoyed training much, and which is very odd for me. And I'd go through phases of a few months where I just loathe it and not even want to do it. And that came down to enjoying it more. I think for anyone, if you can figure out a way to enjoy it, whether it's doing it, like for me, I love training with people. I love training with other guys and girls and sharing sharing the, the training sessions and, and bonding that way. So that would be my, that'd be the best way to do it. Do something that makes you happy. Um, and, you know, for some people, it's not joining a gym. Some people, it's joining a sporting club. Some people, it is joining a gym. Some people, it's, you know, just running. If they love running and that gets you outside and gets you active, that's the best way. Do something that you enjoy and find fun. Um, if you don't like any particular exercise at all, and you just want to be a part of something that's going to get you fit because you want the end result and you want health. Um, do functional fitness. And functional fitness is? As many different combinations of movements at as many different intensities as possible. So go join a functional fitness center that can program for you and all you have to do is rock up, jump into a class of good people and let the coach handle everything else for you. All you have to do is do what they say. That's what I would recommend. Otherwise, you will be busting busting your ass doing something that you don't enjoy. And then at least in those places, you have people that you know eventually will start to motivate you and then you'll eventually find connection with. And then eventually, they will keep you accountable. So that'd be the best way I'd recommend if you're just not a fitness person at all and you have to do it because you know you have to and you're never gonna like it. If that's the way that you are, um, then yeah, do that. Go find a functional fitness place. So all good coaches um, usually have someone that's coaching them. Yeah. Do you have anyone that's that's coaching you? Yeah. So Michelle Laton, she runs a uh, a program called Deca Comp. Um, she's from Montreal. She has a gym over there called um, Deca Gym. So CrossFit Deca, and she is one of the most lovely people you've ever met. Um, she's super caring, empathetic understand she's been there she's she was a five times games athlete super fit um she's had multiple coaches in the past so she has you know drawn good pieces from a lot of different experiences and that's you know going back way back to when she used to play competitive um water polo 
So her, the way that she sees things is very in, intuitive and very much like the way the athletes that work with her see things too so she can understand where we're coming from. Um, and now she, now she says like she's still super fit, but she'll be like, no, I just exercise. I don't train anymore. I just exercise. Okay. But she's still super fit. And if you asked her to do a workout, I'm sure she'd be great. But <laughs> she she does help a lot and she, she, she gets me very well. She understands usually the way I feel. Um, and she can understand when I'm busy because she runs a gym as well. Um, she's also been in the position where she's had a gym and been um, a, you know, uh, a professional athlete at the same time, like training full time and doing those things and trying to balance that with everything else that goes on in your life. Like you look at your phone and you've got 50 emails about the gym that you need, you know you need to do, but then you've also got three hours of training that you know you're gonna have to slug your guts to get done and get done, not just get done, but get done well because you get it done well and you get the results at the competition. If you just mosey on through that training and just get it done to tick it off the box, you'll do the same amount of work as someone who wins the competition. You'll do the same amount of work as them, but if you just mosey through it, you'll come 10th. So you need to get it done and get it done well. So you're trying to juggle all these different things and that's where she comes in very handy when it's just like, hey, Michelle, um, I'm renovating my gym at the moment. I've got three foster cats that I'm looking after as well. I've got two dash hounds that are crazy and want to get to the cats all the time. I'm trying to do a million and one things on my email. Hey, like I just need a few lighter days so I can actually get through them and get through them with some type of quality. She'll be like, no problem. So she's specific daily. Yeah, yeah, totally. She'll write me a week and if I'm in the Hurt Locker in any other particular way, I'll just be like, hey, Michelle, feeling like this, what do you recommend? She'll be like, hey, just, you know, take it easy. Or, And then she'll be brutally honest with me and say, hey, you need to, whatever you're doing at the moment, like if you do want to do well and you want to go to the games or you want to do well at the games, you need to, figure out a way and this is like this is my thing like this is this is me it's like i can't let someone else handle everything for me but if you want to do well you will put steps in place to allow yourself to only train and that's it simple as that if you want to do well if you want to do mediocre you will keep doing things that take away your energy away from training and if that's what you want that's okay too but you need to make the decision and and she's really good at you know, knowing when to say, hey, take a break and hey, what do you want? Yeah. It's just like, that's good. Like so what's, what's your thoughts on intermittent fasting? I think it's great. I think it's good. Like, I think naturally, like I've always been one to subconsciously intermittent fast. Um, just, you know, not particularly feeling super hungry all the time. And like, I'm a, I used to be a like really bad under eater. I used to never eat a lot of food, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. Um, but I think there is a phase that, you know, we used to go through back in the day, we're talking those Paleolithic times, where we would go through fasting um, and we would go through heavy eating periods. So I think for us as humans, most people are eating 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day. So if, they're, if they sleep for seven hours a day and they usually wake up and start eating straight away and they finish eating right before they go to bed, like while you're sleeping like your body is still trying to digest food that you've just eaten right before you've gone to bed so if you can go periods of the day where you're not actually eating give your digestive system a bit of a break also you know 
activate autophagy and clear out some of the dead inefficient cells in the body which what is what happens when we fast i think that only can be a good thing um and that's what you know we did a, a seven day fast just recently in bali and that was a no stress environment that was completely parasympathetic there was nothing i was worrying about i didn't have to lift weights i didn't have to run i didn't have to do any exercise i wasn't having any external stresses upon me so you're telling me you went somewhere for seven days yeah. And didn't eat? Yeah. Yeah. And didn't train? No. No. It was great. What did what, what, you fucking do? <laughs> nothing. Like, just fucking, did nothing. Like, you just sit there. I, I don't... I, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. No, so... Seven days? Mm. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, it was... I, so, I, I, I'm curious. I get, I get I, it. What, did you pay for that? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. Holy no. shit! I get it. I get it. I, I look. I can see. I can see things. I don't have like a, a a one a one track mindset on anything. I get where you're coming from. Like, because I would look at it too. If you'd asked me like ten years ago, I'll send hey, you somewhere. You got to pay for it, but you're, you're just not eating. Fuck I'd be it. like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> But no, 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 like I, I, I do understand the concept, but I also do understand and I, I want to be, and as I said, I'll do everything for the experience. Like I'll have a crack at anything for the experience and I'll keep an open mind about anything until I decide or I try it and I dislike it yeah, or, I, cool. or, I, totally, or I love it. Totally fair call. And I loved it. So like, what are the feeling like? I loved it. What the? What are the feelings? Of, you must drink water. I'm assuming. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. Do they give you tea? Yeah. Yeah. You can drink as much tea as you like. So you can. Well, like we were having each day, you'd get a different tea. So you, you know, one day might be a licorice tea, and the next day might be a ginger tea, and the next day might be a. This is the ultimate business model. This fucking Don't, tea, tea, and a room. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> Low overheads here. Yeah. Super. And I was like. It was you're in a beautiful. Where place. was this? This was in Bali. This was up in Ubud. Ubud, and what's it called? It was um, Natural Instinct Healing. Natural Instinct Healing. Instinct Healing. So basically, good on you. Yeah. So basically, what it was, I so Kayla did this back in 2012 when we first met, and she had wanted to do it just because you know at that period of time we were looking at you know plant based diets, we were looking at how to support our health, how to get more antioxidants into our system, how to really turbocharge the way that we optimized our performance and health. And, you know, fasting came about in, in you know, looking at different YouTube videos and reading different bits and pieces and listening to different people talk. And she goes, I'm going to do a fasting retreat. And so she went and did a 10-day fasting retreat and she didn't eat for 10 days. And I was back home running the gym and I kept getting updates from her. I'm like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? And then day one, day two, oh my God, I feel awful. Day three, oh, I feel terrible. I'm so hungry. Day four, I start to feel a bit better. Day five, oh my God, I feel amazing. Like I'm so, I've got so much clarity and sentences just rolled off my tongue and I was just so articulate. I was like, really? And Kayla used to work on TV, so she used to work um, for Totally Wild. So being able to um, talk in front of a camera and present, that was like her thing. And sometimes she would get like brain fog and wouldn't be able to focus and wouldn't be able to, you know, let things roll off the tongue as well. And then she said, I just felt great. I felt like I could just, you know, if I had to, I could sit in front of the camera and just speak perfectly. And then day six was good and day seven, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, I need to try this. Like, I just want to give it a go and see how I feel. And then, you know, 
over time, I was like, I didn't want to do the seven days or 10 days. I didn't want to do that and drop a bunch of weight getting ready for competition. I didn't want to get weaker. I didn't want to sacrifice that time that I had to rest and recover and do it without eating. And so then it took me up until now to say, okay, well, I've just broken my back. I've just done an Ironman. I probably could do an extra week now that I've already done six or seven weeks of not sticking to what I would normally be doing. Screw it. Let's go do this fasting retreat. And it also gave me an opportunity to feel what it was like to fully reset, get all the food and everything that was in my digestive system out of my digestive system and do a complete reset like body and mind and do nothing. And I really wanted to take that opportunity and have a crack at it and see how it made me feel. And it made me feel fantastic. Like I was hungry for the first breakfast. After that, felt the same. I felt as I feel right now. The only difference was in the last couple of days, I was getting a little bit lightheaded when I stood up. But that was kind of normal. But I went from 85 kilos down to 77 kilos. And then when I came back, I put all that weight back on, but it's mainly just what's made up in your digestive system. It's probably like three or four kilos worth of that left over. What about muscle? Like they say if... so. I, I think I, I think uh, I, I think I uh, lost. Uh, uh, I cannot believe it. I've got so, I've got a couple of photos of what I look like at the end of the fast. Alright, uh, so can you send that? I'll send them across. Uh, yeah, have you put them on Instagram or something? No, I haven't, but I will. Can I put it on Nick? Because we throw a few things on the. Yeah, totally. The well, I can do that. So and so basically, I think obviously glycogen stores in the muscles was quite down. I don't think I had a lot of atrophy at all uh, because it's been three weeks since then, and I feel back to normal i'm 85 kilos again and i'm probably hitting the same numbers as what i was right before my accident on the bike so i don't feel like i lost any muscle i feel like i just lost glycogen out of my muscles and i felt like i lost a lot of extra waste that was stuck in my digestive yep. system and that's it fuck hmm. i it's hard i i Oh, wow. I, I think I get hungry after like a couple of hours. I, I start getting edgy. You've put me through my four o'clock zone. Thank you very much for that. No worries. I, that is amazing. I, I reckon, I don't know if I should try something like this. You I, know, I, I've I done would... like 16, I've done like 12 hours. Or like I've mm. done like, uh, uh, had dinner mm. and then had nothing until lunch. Until lunch the next day, yeah. yeah. So what, what I would recommend um, if you wanted to give it a tester because in that situation, you can't handle stress as well. Um, yeah, because uh, I'm assuming you can be on your... You've got your email. Yeah, I was, do, so I was doing... I was doing goal doing setting. Mindless. I was doing... Well, not mindless. Mindless. <laughs> Talking uh, to Kayla. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> I doing... I was doing meeting tasks. <laughs> um, so, no, so basically what, what I did during that time was I did a lot of programming for my online program. I did a lot of... I got out in the sun a lot. I sat in the sun. I read books. I um, do got walks. In. Yeah, you walk. Yeah. yeah, you walk. You can ride bikes. Um, we did a lot of cold, hot and cold plunges. We got in the sauna every day. Um, it was basically a, a big detox. It yeah. was just a big, big detox from everything. You're just kind of trying to purge everything out, trying to get everything to basically a newborn baby, just flushing everything out that may have been built up over the course of however many years, and. You know, during that period of time, you know, you, you, it's just, you do it, for, a lot of people do it for a lot of different reasons. I did it because I just wanted to feel fresh and re-energized and rejuvenated. 
um, and other people were there because they have stomach issues and they wanted to do a complete reset and try and help that out. Um, other people were there doing it for other reasons. So um, for me, I, I really enjoyed it. I'd definitely do it again. I'd do another seven days. But, you know, in between now and that time, I would probably do, you know, if I had, if I had to do it home here, I would do it over a weekend and I would just do Friday night to Monday morning. Um, and then that way I didn't, I, obviously you don't have to honestly pay to go anywhere, but <laughs> you also can moderate harder to get home. Yeah, it definitely is harder and you got to decrease stress. So, and that doesn't go away when you're at home. No. In so regards to your work. And correct. So what I would do is I'd probably take the weekend off training. So I wasn't getting physical stress in that respect. And then I would decrease my load of where I had to be and when I had to be anywhere. Um, so it's fair to say you couldn't train and do that. No, no, hundred percent. It's, it's even it's, moderately. No, yeah, no. Like if you did, you're defeating the purpose of doing it. That's uh, in my in my opinion. Okay. You're you're yeah yeah yeah. I your, get it. Your idea is being parasympathetic. Okay, so sports supplements. Yes. Whether it's um, protein, um, you know, creatine powders, all mm-hmm. these. Do you think they have a place or are you solely natural? Um, they definitely have a place for sure. Um, but the supplements that I do take are usually just derived from food. So they might be a derivative from, it could be kelp or um, could be derivative from nuts or seeds or whatever it is, or hemp. Um, so yeah, I think they definitely do have a place and they're sometimes a good option for those who are looking for something quick. And, you know, for us as, you know, humans, sometimes life can be busy and, you know, getting in something that's a little bit faster than cooking a whole meal is sometimes convenient and sometimes can be a better option. Um, but yeah, 100% definitely have a place. It just depends how you decide to use them and what you're using them for. Um, for me, yeah, I, I like I take creatine. I think that's a good one to have, especially um, being plant-based now. It's a, a bit of an extra kick um, in the creatine department, plus also getting in the protein that I need as well. I could definitely do it on just eating whole foods. You can do it. You just have to be smart about it. You have to do your research. You have to find out the foods that have it. And for me, I decreased the amount of protein that I was previously having um, and you can see symptoms of that um, throughout the way that you feel and the way that you smell and the way that you yeah. carry yourself. So, like, I think I think they definitely do have a place in, in the diet, um, but you have to, particular reasons, everyone's a little bit different. Um, for me, I want to optimize performance and what I'm doing and what I'm asking of my body day in, day out is out of the normal. So sometimes I have to eat out of the normal as well to to match it so what is the time to have your protein yep so after so what i would recommend in terms of timing um just get in so let's just say for instance i would use me as example okay so how much do you weigh 80 well 78 78 kilos cool so what i would i've lost two kilos so what i would suggest is approximation depending on how much you train I would say I train three, do three crossfits, three crossfits a week, a week. Yep, and I try to do one run or bike on the weekend, or that's every fortnight. Okay, so I would roughly say that you'd be looking at one point eight to to two times in terms of your body weight, grams of protein per day, 
which you can have at any point in the day. Try not to have, so let's just say, you just say 80 kilos. So yeah. you'd be looking at around about 150 odd grams of protein a day to 160 grams of protein a day. And don't try and, and I'll just try and space it out across the day. It, you don't need to have it directly after you train. You don't need to have it directly before you train, but just space them out throughout the day. Um, creatine, for instance, I would, I usually like to have mine directly after I train because I've usually busted all my supplies. Um, and I don't particularly need them prior to training because I'm usually have enough already, I would say. Um, but yeah, I would space that out throughout the whole day and you don't need to really try not to have more than say 20, let's just say 20 to 27 grams in any particular meal and just try and space them out as much as possible or 30 grams. Um, and just try and constantly space them. So that's, that's not much. It's not, a, you don't need a whole bunch. Like you don't need to have 250 <laughs> grams of protein a day. And some people are having over 300 grams of protein a day. But in, a, you, in a setting. Yeah. But you can, for instance, but you, a lot of those people, you can, you can smell it. You can smell it on them that they're not actually processing it properly. You get that like ammonia smell. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's the same as when people on antidepressants. You can, yeah. Like, it actually smells different. Mm. Totally. Like if people were having enough herbs and enough plant food, they would actually start smelling like their herbs and plant food. What do you smell like? Like nothing. <laughs> if you ask... Well, you haven't eaten for fucking seven days. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> now, honestly, actually during that fast, I actually smelt more than I normally do. So if you ask Kayla, um, <laughs> I don't particularly smell like much at all. Um, like, and I never really have smelt like much like at all. Certain... Do you use deodorant? No, I haven't used deodorant in like eight years. Oh, that's fucked crazy. Because when I go to the river, I don't use deodorant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'm always in the water, right? Yeah, in and out. So I thought, because, you know, wife's telling me it's not good for you, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, 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 it's killing the kids. Like, I can't, sp- I can't spray it in the house. Like, yeah. I have to go, I go out my front door and spray and wait and then come inside, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, so I just tried not using anything. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't smell it. Like, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But no shit. So you, so you, but what about when you train? No. I haven't, you don't smell bad. I've never smelled. I would, I, I, I would. walked past me. I would tell, like, if, if I was, I would say to, I'd ask Kayla to, to let, to notify me, but she never, <laughs> she never has. Yeah. I, wow, that's crazy. Especially when you train. Mm. Do you sweat as naturally? Yeah, I sweat a lot. Do you naturally not not like sitting here, but when you work out, do you like? I think I sweat, like with a moderate workout, I can feel that I'm sweating. Oh, I sweat a lot when I train, hundred percent. Yeah, but I'm trust me, you're you're training a lot, lot fucking harder. But do me. I tr- do I sweat when I just sit down? Yeah, oh, I yeah, I do a little bit on yeah. a hot day, yeah, for sure. But don't particularly smell like much at all. Um, and I think that comes down to, uh, like it's usually the ba- it's a bacteria, it's the bacteria that you can smell. Um, and I think if you can, if you can uh, feed yourself, whatever you're feeding yourself usually comes out in that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I've never had to really use deodorant, and I can't handle the smell of it either. So if Kayla puts some on, if we're going to go out somewhere, I was like, Ugh, like I've got to leave the room. I'm just like, can you not? But she rarely uses it too. Um, she uses it sometimes, but it's just personal preference. But for me, you know, I haven't really used it. And then even like, I don't ever use much soap or eat like anything like that. I kind of just shower and that's it. And then I'm kind of done. And like I wash my, the proper, the, yeah. the biggest thing is I do my hair. Like just, you're actually like 
because dreads. It's yeah, like, so it's, like, it's, like, it's a pretty big man bun, just for the record. Yeah, so like, it's like I'm just flagging it. I'll do that probably four times a week. Oh my god, that takes more attention than anything else. Yeah, but it's a, it's a fast so wash. Yeah. Do you think you would go faster if you shaved your head? <laughs> probably not. I doubt it. I doubt it. I remember at one point I was playing football and I had like an afro at that point. I was like teenager and I had like a big afro going on and felt like every time I was playing football, I was getting overheating. So I shaved my head. And? I felt cooler for sure. I don't know if it's placebo or not, but yeah, I did actually feel a lot cooler. But yeah, I don't think you particularly need to use a lot of deodorant. A lot of like 60% of what you put on your skin, you absorb. So yeah, I would prefer not to be absorbing the heavy metals and the deodorants and things like that. And there are plenty of fantastic natural yeah, deodorants yeah. that you could use. Yeah. You could even just use essential oils if you really wanted to. But if I had a, if I had a like a smelling issue, I would do it just to save face and also to help the people that are around me. But so far, I've had no complaints. But you never know; I might get one soon. Fingers crossed, I don't. Um, so we talk about so drugs and sport. Obviously, you're pretty clean. Yeah. And last year, I think CrossFit had their first. Uh, was it their first ban? Twenty twenty. 17, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was, for the CrossFit community, seemed like out of the water. I mean, I mean, if someone's trying to go for the peak of what they're doing, yeah. that doco Icarus, yes. which this the reporter, if anyone doesn't know, a reporter thought he'd try doping, pretty much what, what Lance Armstrong did. Mm-hmm. And in that, what really blew me away was that he was already in, let's say, maybe the top 5% of, of athlete in riding. And to look for it, he, he got a 10% gain by doing that process. You can see how someone who's right at the top might, might think that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like when you watch that doco, it really opens your eyes. I mean, it opens your eyes for a lot of things, yep. but it really opens your eyes to say people are always aiming for more and more and more mm-hmm. and more and more and more in yeah. life. And where do you think that ends? And you know, what's, a, what's your interpretation of that? Well, I think I remember hearing something like, it might have even been in Icarus, where they said they did a poll and they asked a bunch of Olympic athletes, you know, if you had the option to, say, do something that was illegal, but it was going to guarantee you a gold medal, but it also would take 10 or 15 years or something like that off your life, would you do it? And a lot of them said yes, or a bunch of them, not everybody. I can't even comprehend that. Like, I would never do that. I would 100%, I'll... Health, my health is ultimately number one, no matter what. And I would never sacrifice my health for accolades or a medal. It doesn't mean enough to me. Um, and I just wouldn't, I wouldn't feel good about it either. I just wouldn't feel like I did it myself. I wouldn't, feel, I feel like I just cheated and I just wouldn't be able to sleep at night about it. That just doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't activate me. That doesn't turn me on in any particular way whatsoever. I would like to, I've always been keen to get the most out of my body and be good at as many things as I possibly could, even from a young age. And to do it, to make that happen, um, either because of financial gain or because of the way people would view me, I just do not care. Like, it doesn't bother me whatsoever about that. So that's not what motivates me at all. I like just to see how well I can do. And, you know, if I can give my best effort and put my best foot forward each time I go out there, whether that's... 40th place or first place fantastic like I've done my best that's all I can do but I would never sacrifice my health 
for a first place medal. They just don't care enough about that stuff. Yeah, it's all about natural, which you can. Well, it's journey. It's the journey about the training and, and getting there. All that stuff. Like, and if I don't enjoy it, like if I don't enjoy the training, like I'm not going to do it. Like I'd rather go surfing. Like seriously, I would, I would go to Mentawi's and go surfing with my buddies, which I've always wanted to do, which I've had to sacrifice and not go on these trips to, to train and to do it because I do love that as well. Um, but yeah, if I didn't enjoy the training process, it, it, look, put it this way. If you didn't enjoy training and you did make it to the games, you would only be there one year yeah. or one or two years because it takes so much of a toll on you to buckle up and to knuckle down to get the training done and to do it day in, day out, and not just one day and not just one week of training, not just two weeks of training, but you need to back it up and back it up and back it up. Eventually, it wears pretty thin, even for people that love training. Like, I love training, but it's worn thin on me a few times. But I always seem to find a grasp on it eventually again. Um, but if you didn't enjoy it, you'd be there for a single season and you would be like, oh, well, I don't enjoy training enough to continue putting myself through this shit. So I'm not doing it anymore. Um, well, but you got to love it. you got to love it. you got to love it. And you got to do it for the right reasons. And if you're doing it for the money, you're doing it for the fame, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you won't be there very long. And if you're doing it and you're doing it illegally, it's just like, and if you, you can sleep at night, far out. Like... I don't want to compete with you. Go and compete in, a, in an event where you can do that. That's fine. But don't compete with us. Like we, for the people that don't do it, we put in a lot of hard work. You don't come and compete with us. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Like, simple as we, that. Like, I'm happy to say that to anyone that is doing it. Oh, it was, oh, I was lucky enough to go for a Red Bull stunt flight. And, oh, I saw that. And the pilot was Matt Hall. Yep. And, I, you know, I just thought it was a stunt flight. And the ha- halfway up there, I was like, fuck, you're Matt Hall. <laughs> And he goes, yeah, that's me. He goes, a lot of people say that, like, because they're surprised. And the thing he said about the Red Bull Air Race is that he goes, you get a couple of people that come in for one season or not, but if they don't fit what they're doing, and these are experienced pilots. I don't know how old Matt Hall is, but we're buddies on Instagram now. (laughs) But the guy is an absolute legend, and he just talked about loving what they do. We absolutely love it. And Mm. people that come in, they don't last in their industry because it, it doesn't fit the mould that, that they've created. Technically, yeah. they've created something out of nothing. And yeah. they love it. And yeah. It's the same as what you were talking. My tips in the air actually got him to be the world champion a few weeks later. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, I'm proud of that. Hey, Matt's, Matt knows all about it. <laughs> That's so, so good. Oh, I agree. I completely agree with him. Like, if you don't, if you're not loving what you're doing, I don't even know why you're doing it. Like, if I loved, you know. Well, I'll ask you that. If you weren't doing what you were doing, sure. what would you do? What would what would you be doing if you're not doing if fitness, I, CrossFit? Like mm. what, what would you be doing? You know, I probably would I think if I wasn't doing that stuff, I'd probably, you know, open up uh, like an like an animal sanctuary or work in a zoo as a zoologist or something like that. More than likely. Really? Yeah, probably. So you've just no shit. You've just taken some cats on board recently as well. Yeah, Kayla and I have, have fostered some cats. So um, we basically foster them until they're ready to be adopted. Um, so they've got a place to go. While so the care is always you know inundated with animals that get left on the side of the street or whatever they are. So we can look after them for a period of time and unload the burden um, on some of the carers. And you know we've got time to do it. We'll do it. Uh, okay. Have and we've got the room to do it. We've got a spare room that we can cats can go in or the dogs or whatever. Have you watched that doco Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix? 
no, I haven't. I don't think I could. Oh I, I don't know if I could bring myself Mate. to see that stuff. Like, Mate, it's fucked up. Yeah, I know. I've I've heard about it, but and people have told me like if you're a bit. I think I can watch anything, and that's a fucked. Yeah, up no, I couldn't watch it then. Hundred percent not. Like okay. I like, I I don't even need to see it. But if people <laughs> even bring it up, I'm just yeah. like Whoa. they actually don't show you, but you know what happens. It's fucked. yeah, yes, yeah, like that stuff. That's just like I can't. Well, I can't, my wife I can't, can't handle sleep. It. She goes, I couldn't sleep after. Yeah. Watching. 100%. No, I, I agree completely. So what do you wish you'd known when you first started out, like which you now know, and I guess what's your best advice for people wanting to start out in your industry? Um, I think in terms of like fitness and if you, like, okay, for instance, if you wanted to, you know, be, you know, say the fittest on earth or whatever it is, yep. um, I would say... Be prepared to be very unrelatable to a lot of people and don't expect a lot of people to get what you're doing. But I'd also say just enjoy it as much as possible and if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. But if you enjoy it, just you'll do better. You'll do better if you enjoy the process as much as you can. There are hard days, but those hard days are always backed up by really good results. So if... For me back then, I would be probably, you know, it's hard to say. I would say to myself now, it's just like, oh, just take it easy and enjoy. But back then, you don't know if you're going to make it or not. And like you've set this goal. It's like I remember thinking, am I ever going to make it to the games? Am I ever going to make it to the games? I've always fall, fallen short each year, fallen short each year. And then eventually you make it, weight off your shoulders. It's great. It's fantastic. But prior to that, you're on edge. It's just like I'm putting all this effort to something that I don't know what's going to happen. So I would, um, yeah. I would say to those people, you know, you're going to have to work really, really hard and do more than what you expect you're going to have to do by far. Like there were times where I thought I'm doing so much, I can't do any more training. And that was like 2016. Then I did way more training in 2017. Then I did way more training than 2017, 2018. Then I did so much more again. Um, And not in terms of particular time, um, but even though it was a lot more time, but just in terms of the way that I trained. And each year builds upon each year. It's not just one year of training gets you to the games. It's, you know, I've been training myself since I was four years old when I started playing soccer. That's where it all started. So I guess if I could give one piece of advice, it would be you're just going to have to enjoy the process. And if you're not enjoying the process, you're going to have to find a process that you do enjoy. That's, I mean, we talk about being authentic with what we're doing, how we've, you know, we've left the Foodland group, we're building a warehouse, we're trying to be more communicative, is that a word? Sounded, if we're trying to be that to our consumers, our customers, so they can see the journey that we're on. Mm. And it is a totally, no one's doing it in our industry. Coles, Woolies, Audi, they're not, they're closed fences. So Mm. we're really trying to do that. And I say what you're saying all the time. If you don't love it, you know, oh, find yeah. something to do. Or, you know, we understand we're a stepping stone in our business to go somewhere else and we've got plenty of accountants and lawyers and kids that like to edit and or whatnot that have come through the traps that are just trying to find their feet. So we, we really want to encourage that. 100%. So if if you died, which, you know, let's hope that doesn't, and yeah. came back as a board game, yeah, what board game do you think you would be? Oh, man. I bet you everyone answers like Cars Against Humanity or something like that. <laughs> But uh, I don't know if that would be me. 
because I've only ever played that once. I, I, I don't. I like. I'm, that's, it's a funny question because I think it's fucking hilarious. I think I'd come back back at Scrabble, where you can always, <laughs> well, I can always change my mind at any particular point in time uh, well, and come up with any different words or point of view. Yeah. So to me, it, it, I think at Scrabble, and I've never thought of that arts until then, but it. It does pose a lots of board games out there, you know, and there's, re- there's Monopoly. And- I really, really... Well, a board game that I really enjoy is Articulate. Have you fuck ever played... What, fuck. Can we look that up, please? It's so I- much fun. And if you want to get into a real great argument with your best friend or partner, then play Articulate. Is it a word? It's a... So basically... Is it an e-learning software? No. No. So in a nutshell, yeah. Tell me, tell, I'm, I'm, you've actually got me. So you've got a timer, and yep. you've got a thirty-second egg timer. Yeah. And you're working with your buddy, another another partner, and you've got a board, and your cursor is yours and your partner's, and then you've got like world, nature, people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, these different categories, and so when you land on a particular space, you then have to read. You then have to read one of the things. Let's say it's people. And then you pick up the card. You need to get your partner to say the name of that person without saying the name of that person. So let's just say it was the person was JP Drake. I would say to Kayla, I'd be like, you know that guy that trains at the gym and he's got that place where you buy food? (laughs) She'd be like, yeah, JP Drake. And so you, and then so then you grab the next card, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then you got to get as many as you can in the thirty seconds as possible, and you get to the end of the thirty seconds, and if you don't get any, like it's disaster zone because then you don't move forward any spaces, and you have to redo that one again. But the thing with it is, your partner usually has a very different way of explaining things than you, and you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, right. are you some kind of moron? Like. <laughs> You've just explained that in the worst way possible and you should have just said this. Why didn't you just say that? It's hilarious. It's just, it's one of the most fun games possible. Like, it's great. It's fantastic, but it causes riots. It's just... I could I could see. I've looked it up. It looks it actually looks pretty cool. That's actually something that... Oh, uh, it's I, so I much fun. It's a, it's a hell of a laugh, that's so for sure. So you're the first one to say that. So I've never heard that. So it gives me something to look up. Oh, it's the best. Um, and I, I guess, look, wrapping things up, it, it, it is... You know, you talk about it's hard to get where you've got. And you've been one of the best, you know, we do the podcast because, you know, we're enjoying talking to people and that's why there's no real structure to what we're saying. And we're not sitting there saying, hey, this is what you do is like a positive, you know, go, go, go. Because a lot of that comes mentally. Mm. And you've clearly summed up that your mind is the most powerful tool you have. Totally. And, and, and how you deal with that, how you got over your, you know, your... Your, your accident just before an Ironman event, how you've mentally got to a stage. I, I do, so 17, 2017 to 2018, you had a big difference in results mm-hmm. in your CrossFit games. Yep. Um, was there one thing that you can sit there and go, fuck yeah? Or was it just, nah, I did exactly the same, I just had a better result? Um, it'd probably be a little bit of both, but to be honest, like I wouldn't have expected fifth this year at all um, or last year, but I just kept rocking up. I just kept rocking up. I just kept honing the game. Like when I did bad at particular events, I just took that away and each year I worked on it. And some some years, like for instance, some years I would 
do terrible in muscle up workouts and I'd work muscle up something shocking, come back, do another muscle up workout. It's like, I've been working these so much. Then come back and still do terrible at muscle up workouts. It's just like, well, you just keep rocking up and you just keep doing your best. And then, you know, a workout popped up this year and it was like a shoulder to overhead, like shoulder endurance workout, which is usually not my forte. It popped up and I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to, you know, take whatever comes in this one. And ended up getting like fourth place or something in that event. And it's just like, well, I didn't expect that, but I had been working it a lot. Um, but I just kept rocking up. You just got to keep going at it. And like, there are plenty of times where I thought prior to making it to the games, oh, do I even want to keep doing this? Do I even want to keep doing this? And then, you know, just kept buckling up for another ride. And, you know, eventually persistence. Persistence is key. Dedication, persistence. You just keep on it. And if you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen and you'll figure out a path and you might try a few dead ends first. And when I say a few, you might try a hundred dead ends. And then eventually you figure out the puzzle piece if you want it bad enough um, and persistence. So it's pretty simple, hard work, and you've nailed it and just keep rocking up. Just keep rocking up. Yeah. And it's a great, it's great to have you here. Um, thanks for coming on and talking shit for us for a fairly long time. So we've kept you longer. No, we've good. got some, no one can see this unless they're watching, but I doubt anyone's watching this far. So we've got some vegan stuff here. Yep. I don't know about the kombucha, but. Oh, um, it looks, ama- it looks amazing. Unless but there's some vegan products here, so you can have those. Great. Thank it, you. It, so, I appreciate it. Um, we actually have a bunch. Kayla is obsessed with these. Vegos. Oh my so God. So they've got the Vegos chocolate. We've got some of these. Banana chips from Joe's. This, it looks interesting, is the um, original protein patty. I need to actually make, I'm going to I'm gonna have a crack at making those because I'm going to put them together. I think I might even do that tonight. All right, well, bring one for me on Wednesday morning. Done. Um, so we've got some, I've got some other stuff, but I must have left it in the other, off which you'll give it. Can, do you want to try that? So Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, so we've got here a plant-based... It's, so it's, it's plant, a jerky, so I plant, can't say beef jerky. No, plant-based jerky. So it's made from soy. I think it's made in it's soy, soy base. Yeah. I'm keen to try this because I, I, I can't imagine. Oh, wow. You guys want to try? Sure. It's amazing. It's actually really nice. Would you like to try? Good. So that is good. Is I it bad? Is it bad? That's what I've got to ask. You're well, you wouldn't live off it, but... No. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's just got non-GMO soy, which is great. Um, it's got a bit of sugar, a bit of black bean sauce, black bean, sea salt, water, rice vinegar, ginger, non-GMO canola oil, spices, sesame oil, and B12. Would you eat it? Yeah, I'd eat that. I'd eat it on a snack. I wouldn't have it every day. But That's, Is that one of your 20%? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's what I would have... <laughs> It's what like so. It tastes great. Oh, that's beautiful. But what I would say, for me, I always look to try and. So what I would say my diet consists of is whole food, plant based. Hot yeah, that that's a great takeaway. If it's whole food, whole food, plant based, and plant based, and 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 a better combination. Having them as the one is probably the ultimate combination. Yeah. Yep, whole food plant-based. And if I can stick to those guidelines, then I'm doing pretty well. And then if I have things like this, you know, from time to time when I'm chilling out and want to just have a snack and relax, sure, that's fine. It's not the end of the world. you still got to live your life um, and enjoy. And if that brings you a little bit of happiness, sure. So do you eat out much? 
Fuck, I meant to stop. Sorry, I'm, I'm curious. Like, do you... Because eating out is the hardest part. I love eating out. I love eating out. And um, that's a treat. Like, it's kind of a treat. But a lot of the things that we make at home, like, uh, we love cooking. Um, absolutely love it. We love creating new things and trying new things and trying recipes that we see online. So cooking at home is almost like, oh, I can try and cook this and I hope Kayla likes it. And sometimes she likes it and sometimes she hates it. <laughs> but well, That's fair enough because we're probably hopefully selling all the products. Yeah, 100%. You, you need yeah. to do to make that. 100%. So like it's, it's, it's good, but then like to go out and find, usually if I go out these days and try and find something that I would eat, I would usually just look for like a, a sourdough with avocado on top is usually what I can get most places. That's probably what I would have. But then there are a couple of places popping up that do really cool, funky, plant-based meals that are like, you know, made from, you know, pulled mushrooms and things like that, that, you know, kind of look a little bit like chicken, but it's not chicken. And I'm not looking for, you know, something that imitates, uh, you know, animal products. I'm not turned on by that, but the taste is amazing. Um, but for me, yeah, going out is a bit of a treat, but a lot of the stuff I like to eat, I like to make at home because I can see exactly what's going in there and I know exactly how I'm fueling myself. And then yeah. if something doesn't go cr- quite right with training, I can kind of pinpoint as like, oh, I've been having too much of this processed stuff that's making me feel weird in the stomach or it's making me feel bad or I'm not getting good sleep. Maybe it's too much caffeine, so I need to pull back on the coffee and maybe go a few days without it. Um, and just being intuitive in that respect and kind of knowing yourself and saying, am I eating out too much or am I doing an okay job? And, you know, you can kind of toe that line a little bit. But, yeah, I like to cook at home a lot. I love cooking. Um, and I like to fuel myself with the best ingredients possible because I want to I wanna not only compete optimally and perform well, but I also want to be able to um, do my job well. I want to run the gym well. I want to do well for my online program. I want to be able to have energy to help Kayla out with the dogs and the cats and all that stuff. Um, and sometimes, you know, drop the ball there, but you, know, <laughs> you do the best you can. Like that's it. And that's the way I see things. You do the best you can. And at the end of the day, like if you're going to stress about doing a poor job at something, it's just like, okay, well you can only at the end of the day. And this is one, th- okay. This is actually going back just a little bit. Sorry to this, to continue this on. But when you said, what would you give advice to someone who's having a crack or who wants to have a crack at something? At the end of the day, the best you can do is give your best effort. That's it. Simple as that. And then, you know, that gave me such a relief when I'm lining up in the corrals and it's a nerve-wracking thing. You're lining up, up against Matt Fraser and Noah Olsen on either side of you and Pat Vellner and, and Brent Fikowski. And it's like, holy shit, this workout's going to be hard. Am I going to do well? Am I going to do bad? And it's like, well, all I can do is do my best. Well, you're there. That's it. Start. I can only do my best and I can't do anything more than that. Like simple as that. And then when I think about that, I just like, cool, I'm here, whatever. Whatever, I can do my best. I'll go out there, I'll push as hard as I can, I'll hurt for 15 minutes and then I'll put it to bed. And then that's it. And then sometimes it works out, flip the coin. Sometimes it doesn't work out. And then you just enjoy the ones that do and then try and forget about the ones that don't. <laughs> So I'm fair to say, if anyone hasn't done a freaking CrossFit workout or, or just go do one and then understand how he can comfortably say, just do the best you can and you'll be fine afterwards. I, I mean, I walk out of that gym feeling like I'm going to die my, <laughs> almost every day. So uh, I'm, I, I, it's an amazing way to look at it and it's, 
it is really interesting to see how you where you've gone. You're not even 30 years of age, and 2020. Good luck to whatever you come across. I'm assuming you want to try and get to the games again. Yep, that's the goal. So that's your goal, and then once you get there, anything can happen. But what you're doing, from what I've seen with Soul 365, has been amazing. So you know, having the control of that and having the right people around you is crucial. And you know, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Thank you.